Lucy, you're the only one. About family. For Lucy, loneliness was a way of life. So Junior's still single. Yeah, it's shocker. But the moment she saw Peter, she became a believer in love at first sight. He was perfect. Then fate stepped in. construct it's not real yeah that's that's true so we can keep doing holiday movies then right i think so yeah. i think this means that the holiday season can extend past january 1st because you know what 2020 sucks it will suck past tense and i think that we deserve an extra month of holidays yeah i love that for us i think we should continue with these holiday rom-coms so we're gonna welcome you to our next holiday special of to all the rom-coms i've loved before so i'm helia i'm mary and this is a podcast where we talk about our favorite rom-coms and right now we're focused on the holidays as we have an extra special one uh where this episode, we will discuss a movie that spans multiple holidays, the big ones, Christmas and New Year. It's While You Were Sleeping. And this is one of my most favorites, just warms my heart up. Um, so in this episode, we'll talk about our favorite scenes, characters, casting. And to join us, we also have an extra special guest, Mary's other sister, elder sister the most more respected sister maybe jk i'm kidding i love you all three of you <laughs> lisa hi oh, everyone lisa. hi i just have to you know i'm the older sister too so i just like have to older sister shout out older sister shout out <laughs> like of course you're the one that holds the honor in the family yeah right she's definitely the one that holds all the rom-coms i think that's (laughs) so many of these in the first place originator of the rom-com viewing (laughs) so lisa why yeah why don't you tell us about your relationship with rom-coms and podcasts um sure hell yeah okay so with um rom-coms it's my favorite genre Mm -hmm. um i especially love that sweet spot of the mid 90s um where it was usually in an exotic locale, it's usually kind of um, a small cast and um, a little bit maybe more romantic or more screwball um, than comedy. 
uh, because as you know, there's always a spectrum of rom-com rom-coms on one yes. end, maybe coms on the other, mm-hmm. right? And so the 90s kind of um, struck that middle note uh, yeah. fairly like, well. I remember watching The Wedding Date and being like, this is more drama than com, but it was under the genre <laughs> of rom-com. Like, this is sad. I saw Dermot Mulroney and I thought I was in for my best friend's wedding too. And it was like a very different movie. Very different. Um, maybe for our listeners who aren't big movie scholars, what, how would you describe like Screwball, Lisa? Well, um, Screwball would be like the original version of the romantic comedy. And Screwball was popular in the 1930s, 1940s. Okay. Um, and usually it's like zany circumstances, really like unbelievable plot or developments. <laughs> uh, and yet people are buying into it. And then there's, you know, the romantic tension that's brewing. And usually the two leads are at odds with one another, um, but come together at the end. And everyone kind of knows that. Um, and hence the like, the screwball, right? That it's going to be very funny. It's going to be um, laugh out loud. And it's funny you mentioned screwball comedy because while you were sleeping is considered to be a kind of modern day screwball-esque oh. because it, it asks the audience a lot along the way of, um, of what to believe in. And there's some quick plot jumps. Um, but uh, yeah, so I would definitely recommend screwball comedy. His Girl Friday is my favorite. Oh, that's uh, a good one. Ooh, recommend I recommend people it. check that You'd out. Like it. Yeah, you like um, it. yeah, so it has Cary Grant. Um, and I won't I won't say too much, but the dialogue is very fast paced, a la Gilmore Girls fast paced. And um, it's black and white, and it's just um it's just oh, very I love classic. the classics. Exactly. So it's a very like classic film. Um but uh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I'm I'm new to the terms term screwball, but I'm learning, listening to you talk about it. I'm like, wait, that's like totally my jam. I had no idea. I didn't know that there was <laughs> yeah, like a name for it. And that's really cool. You think it's gonna be his girl Friday is a super old movie, and it is, but it has like very I would say modern kind of crackling, snappy dialogue. Yeah. But I, I love that kind of like sort of comedy that you're right. We don't really see much of nowadays. I feel like while you're sleeping is one of the I mean it's the one that comes to my head and that's now I don't know if it's like pe- viewers are more demand. I, I don't know what it is. Like maybe it's just viewers want something else. But the fact that this has a name for it in some ways actually makes me feel like I'm not alone in my favorite to it because it obviously means that so many people liked it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's one of it's definitely up there for me. I really like it. Um, when I was uh, actually um, in the Chicago area, actually um, meeting up with Mary. Afterward, I was able to see the house where they filmed the family scene in. It's just in really? the suburbs outside of Chicago. Oh, I yeah, looks pretty much the same. And, and um, listeners out there, I know this is kind of like a film pilgrimage. Sometimes you go and you check out the site where a movie was filmed, uh, and the house looked pretty good. looked in this, looked the same. It was on a nice, <laughs> sweet corner lot, um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was cool to see it. But um, speaking of my history with rom-coms, I, I hadn't remembered the cover of this movie. And then I looked it up and saw it. And I was like, oh man, I remember going through the aisles of Blockbuster. Oh yeah. Like, oh you wow, know. you're taking us back. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so you like, you see the cover and that's the first thing, like, you know, don't judge a book by its covers. And yeah, oftentimes I was judging that film, looking at the image and that front image is Bill Pullman, you know, holding. It's Sandra amazing. Clark, um, yeah. And the kind of like, you know, sweeping her off her feet in a sense and right as the train is coming and it's it's really a great contrast to have of course what she does in the film she's on the tracks saving um peter if you 
only knew from the owl like the cover of this movie you'd think that taking the owl was the most romantic oh like, my god yeah. and, and, and the first time i wrote the l and i was like why because i was like coming from new york and i was like why is this so slow <laughs> i was just like what is happening unless it's an express then it's fast yeah <laughs> i was just like maybe it's a train i was on but i was just like why why is this so slow i don't understand what's happening hmm. <laughs> um maybe well before we go too much into the movie mary why don't you give us a quick recap oh yeah yeah so very quick um you know this movie i think was actually conceived as kind of a gender bender sort of sleeping beauty-esque fairy tale but basically it is about this lonely uh, CTA worker named Lucy who has a crush kind of from afar on this handsome um, commuter that she sees daily, um, this lawyer, Peter, but never actually exchanges words with him. And then one day he's mugged, kind of inexplicably falls on the tracks. Somehow she saves his life or, you know, gets him out of the way of the train in time. They end up at the hospital and through, you know, kind of movie series of um, misunderstandings. Uh, everyone think, believes her to be his fiance, including his family, who she's obviously never met before. And it's called While You Were Sleeping because he's in a coma for the majority of the movie. But uh, in the course of the holidays and between Christmas to New Year's, she gets to know his family. She gets to know his brother, Jack, who's very skeptical of her, um, you know, being in Peter's life just because this is someone they've literally never heard of that's now his fiance. And Sandra Bullock pulls it off. It's kind of a creepy plot line if you yeah. think about it too much. But uh, basically actually... they show kind of what happens with, you know, the kind of, I guess, downstream effects of that, the, that misunderstanding. So I actually tried to explain to some of my coworkers this movie. I was, I it was them, harder I was like, than I oh, thought this it was. Our next. And my, two of my coworkers were like not into rom-coms were like, that sounds like a creepy plot. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and you know, it's to go back to a skirball thing, am I, it's skirball, right? Screwball. Screwball. So go back. I realized I realized why I think just nowadays viewers just really want things that make it easy for us to suspend our disbelief. And like really we want to make things like almost super relatable and super this could happen. Like yeah. everything is based off a true story. Like you know, and in this case, it's like you really have to suspend your disbelief and you just really it's like a fantastical without actually being a fantasy idea because it's like but at the end it's so honestly maybe it's because of the shit of year 2020 was but I needed to end my year watching a movie like this I just wanted to watch something that made my heart warm yeah, I thought it was charming people and show that like if you're just a good nature person like Lucy is that people just you, you attract the right people and good things happen because like that's just what I needed right now and and rewarded for heroic deed you know that that's yeah. sort of like a lesson yeah. slightly ever so slightly embedded in there um you know that she did risk her life for another um and, and in a sense gains a new life oh well, we'll come back to with our quotes and scenes and stuff but this is like a and I think this is why when you just listen to the plot and you're like oh that sounds creepy you don't really get is that she's really just this lonely good-hearted woman uh, well yeah and um to add on to that Helia, creepy um slash sad slash sad or tragic right that you know someone's in a coma yeah. don't know if he's gonna wake up no, no sort of progress and then you have lucy also living this kind of sad lonely existence 
Yeah. And yet yeah. it's a comedy the entire way. Well, and, so oh my God, they even make the ICU scenes hilarious. Yeah, the hospital, <laughs> the hospital like, scenes were hilarious. And I both worked in ICUs. We're like, they're not funny well, then, like this goes back the to the school scenes were hilarious. This goes back to a little bit of the scholarship or the formula on comedy studies, which is a thing, or humor studies, that comedy and tragedy are not opposites. They're actually two sides of the same coin. Oh. And, oh. and so, right, so when you're describing the plot, someone might say, oh, it sounds like a sad downer movie. But when they watch yeah. it, they're laughing out loud. And, um, you know, part of that trades on um, a little bit of, sh- of a German term, like Schrodenfreude, taking joy in someone else's misery. Right. Um, but also like these kind of like these falls or, you know, the classic scene where they're stepping on the ice and they're, they're at the brink of maybe getting injured, but they're not. It's like a little bit funny to watch. Um, and so that's where like the comedy tragedy are emerging, but there has to be a boundary, right? So if Peter died, loses all the comedy loses all the humor yeah and uh, you know Mm -hmm. I think I I didn't understand that because this movie Lisa's always liked this movie I think I was a little young I remember not liking it probably (laughs) because I was just too too young It, it seems like more serious and scary than it is but watching it like as an adult there's no doubt. I mean, it's called while you were sleeping, not while you were low key in a coma about to <laughs> yeah. die. There, there's no from the beginning, you know. And, and do people refer when someone when a patient is in a coma? Do they refer no, to them sleeping? Is no, that a medical term? No, okay. yeah. that is the most another level in which I had to suspend my disbelief too. No one looks that good in a coma. He would have been intubated. Also, <laughs> like if you're in a coma like that, uh, you're probably intubated unless you're in a yeah. Coma no, I mean, coma. like especially it, with with COVID you now, this is a real. And, and yet he's got and yet he's got the IV bag when he's up at the altar. I know. Which is just so funny. I lost my notes and I was like, so he's well enough to have this hasty wedding, but he's not well enough to like go without a bag of IV fluid that's doing nothing. <laughs> and that's a great sight gag, right? Because they don't acknowledge it. it. They great... just have him like kind of holding on oh, to it. And yeah. They, they make fun of the what his like his suit before they comment on the IV bag. And yeah, it's, it's so... absurd. But yeah, there's so in watching it and now. It seems there's like there's no, no doubt. visiting hours at this hospital. Mm, yeah, yeah. it's just everyone's kind of coming and going as they please. Like just everything about yeah. it, especially now in the time of COVID, when hospital uh, are not allowing visitors at all. It, it, you know, it's just absurd. And, well, like when I saw the whole family in there, and I was just like. Uh, like I did have this instinct being like oh my god they're not allowed that but I was like wait a minute like actually a year ago you would have been allowed that mm. like yeah, we had yeah, a loved one sure. in the ICU and like for we sure. seriously squeezed in 15 people in there when we did the last right and, and there are families mm. like that like they're sleeping on the floor they're all wearing yeah. the same t-shirt they kind of move as a unit as this family does I feel yeah. like mm-hmm. you know it's very similar like they caught that close dynamic Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a little bit unrelated, but you kind of touched on a nerve for me there, Mary. You said like this whole family. And I think that was another reason why this movie just really was easy for me to watch this year, because like at a time where we are kind of forced to be apart from our parents and our family. And so like, I feel like there was something watching it, like with Lucy being alone and then finding mm-hmm. this family mm-hmm. and like her, her, you can see how important it is to her, like really, really resonated. And it's not just yeah. any family. It's a super tight knit family. Yeah. That loves yeah. each other, that gets along with one another. Yeah. Well, we mm-hmm. didn't even think about this consciously, but I was like, Lisa's a good person to have on because obviously we haven't had a situation happen at all like this movie, but more of the movie than I remembered is about Jack and Peter's kind of relationship and 
kind of what it means to be brothers, brothers who are very different, brothers who kind of went their own paths, and how the family itself is still so close, even though people have desires to maybe do things outside of the family business. Right, and brothers who know each other very well. I mean, Jack, yes. in a sense, kind of seems to know Peter the best with, you know, his kind of yes, I mean, going up and flag being raised. Of, yes, you know, I mean, really like, the yeah. fiance? I would like he, to he says, he was like, you're not Peter's type. Right, and he's like, like, he's like, he likes blondes. And we see Peter's ex-girlfriend-ish is blonde. Yeah, and then they're like, and they talk blonde. about, yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, I would like to think that if I were to fall in a coma and someone pretended to be my fiance, Lisa would be able to know, you know, if they in <laughs> fact ever knew me or not. You know, like everyone has different questions, but there'd be questions you'd ask, you know, if you don't know this about them, how is it possible? And of course, because it's a movie, she conveniently knows, you know, some very intimate things and is able to kind of prove her salt, even though she doesn't know Peter at all. So mm-hmm. Lisa, what's Mary's type? <laughs> that I think that's for a different podcast. Uh, Peter, Peter, a, a, we have a theme. In, we have a theme in this podcast. We make fun of how Mary only likes tall guys. Well, but guess who I like more than brothers? I think you'd be surprised. We say that again. I like. I mean, so I, I had a tendency when I watch movies too young to like the wrong guy. So when I was little, oh, yeah. I liked Peter, and when I saw Sabrina, I liked Greg Kinnear. Like that was just how That's I saw. Yeah. What? 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 <laughs> I, I I remember watching this movie with my mom the first time, and um, her commenting on how handsome Peter. She goes, "Look at those eyebrows." Oh yeah, those eyebrows do the acting. Oh my god! So he apparently, good. was actually sleeping in the yeah, I saw scene. that on Walter. Yeah. That's like amazing. How could you not? He just has to lay there. Yeah, it, it somehow got back to him. Like Scorsese or someone famous yeah. was like, "Oh man, that Peter Gallagher! Like he did an amazing job sleeping." Because it was because he was asleep on camera, which I can't yeah. imagine how hard that <laughs> he, is to do. Quote, he does uh, the coma well. Be being in a coma <laughs> is not equivalent to being sleeping. I mean, I could be an, a famous actor if it just required sleeping on camera. Like I'm. Oh my I'm god. Well, that. so this is why yeah. it was. So as Mary said, it was a gender. It was a gender flip script that you know originally the coma person was going to be a woman. It was pitched Meg Ryan, I believe, and oh. Meg Ryan's team apparently was like Meg Ryan's going to be asleep for two thirds of the movie. We're right. out. And I think um, it's too creepy with the woman being. And that, yeah, that right. is. It has to be. It's yeah. one of those things where it's like if it's the man that's asleep. It's a little bit, and I think that has to do with the fact, like, um, I think the issue with, like, harassment is it's a power thing, and, like, mm-hmm. Peter, by nature, is, I think, a more powerful man than um, than um, Lucy, so he can kind of get away with it, versus if you have a powerful person kind of claiming to be engaged to someone less powerful, then it becomes, like, a vulnerability thing, and leaves us with that icky feeling versus in this case it just feels it's like oh how cute yeah and I, I think a lot of that is credit to I guess the script but also Sandra Bullock she really pulls it off you root for her you don't feel like she's creepy at all she feels like she's just in over her head and she never expected any of yeah. this yeah well that was like the criticism I'd heard so I watched the movie with Ricky and he was being such a Debbie Downer about it because that's that's what he does sometimes and he was like yeah it wasn't my favorite and I kind of was poking at him because I'm like you just don't appreciate how cute it is um and another thing that came up it was and watching it this time I appreciate a little bit more than when I was a kid um was Lucy I think I think for her because she's just so shy like the thing that 
kept her from even saying hi to Peter to begin with or meeting people to begin with is also what keeps her from saying anything to the family. Like she, like at the hospital, I think like, you know, someone, someone with like a maybe more social than Lucy was would have just been like, oh, hey, no, I'm not like at the get-go yeah and for her she was just like like all those people like she's just so introverted and so shy that like to even like hear her voice kind of scared her and the next thing you know it's yeah. snowballed and then but she's in, just in like defense, i like, can't do this at one point jack you know the wedding or the fate wedding that wasn't jack is like why didn't you say something at what point would it have been good to be like hey i'm falling for you and i never met your brother like i know right she the like, she, she didn't did, say that yeah, she was if she just gone. was introduced as the woman that saved her brother, his brother's life, it would have been like, oh, you saved my brother's life. And then the family invites her to all the holiday things. And then he asks her out and then the movie's over. Yeah. That's and then the other movie, thing, we need a drama. So like, I was like, you like, have to have it. So they, they like. I forgot about this, but like Saul also engineers a big part of her. Oh yeah, he does. Well, yeah, Saul is very interesting because I was just thinking about Saul when Helio is talking about, um, you know, how, how we, we feel bad for Lucy. We feel that she's lonely and she's not mm-hmm. doing any with any malicious intent or creepy intent, um, but is um, you know, kind of just genuinely fell into the situation and doesn't know how to extricate herself. Because in a way, I love that moment where she's talking to Peter and says, have you ever been so lonely? You're talking to a man in the middle of the night who's in a coma. And it's just this really powerful, quiet, moment and then the camera pans out to Saul and yeah that is just, powerful that he's there just outside and he's like listening to it like he's kind of having that same reaction that maybe we as viewers or Ricky was having of this is so odd and bizarre um but then kind of like he does he does the side very well he does this kind of side of like you know I'm gonna kind of like learn a little bit more about Lucy see what the um you know what she's actually like and judge from there so he like kind of withholds judgment which is um just so interesting that is interesting. I feel like that's something we don't really see enough of now. Mm-hmm. Where we well, just like Saul's make snap adjustments. He's the older, wiser, you know, person. Uh, he knows. I wish I was Saul in my life. See, <laughs> <laughs> the movie also spans Hanukkah. They talk about Saul yeah. being Jewish. And he's, he's almost like a Yenta, kind of setting her up. Like, it's just, yeah. It's now, it was interesting because the crowd I watched it with did not pick up that he, Saul was Jewish. Um, I, oh, really? I did, um, but I wasn't. Who watched the name Saul and he calls Peter a putz? That's Yiddish, right? Yeah, so I, for, yeah, from putz, I yeah, knew it was Yiddish and from the sort of long explanation of Godfather. Um, but I mean, right. this, is, this is another, I mean, this is this could be another conversation. Oh, yeah, but he I was also he thinking, goes, he tells Lucy, he's like, I'd marry her if if she I would was, convert, yeah, she they, would convert. That's, that's funny though. They, I guess, maybe well, it, it was on purpose, they wanted it to be subtle. I they thought it was subtle, obvious. I thought it was a yeah. subtle sell and just kind of, um. I mean, I probably, you know, I think it was. I don't think I realized it until watching it now as an adult. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, Saul, Saul's a really, I think he he does a good job of also keeping it in the cute, away from the creepy and more into the cute. I think yeah. that we couldn't, like that character helps suspend the disbelief because mm-hmm. of his, his like, um, as Lisa Studley pointed out, like his role in and also orchestrating an intent when Lucy is going to say something he tells her not to. And he uses the, uses the excuse of the grandmother's heart, who mm-hmm. at no point does her heart seem to be an issue. I know. <laughs> think, she's yeah. like talking at the uh, wedding and get, revealing the truth. She's, she's like, like taking hey, pictures okay, of them as they're fighting. Lucy is single-handedly keeping all these family members alive. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but also 
but I think remember this, Lucy and Saul both had the same instinct to visit Peter in the middle of the night, like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Like that, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I thought oh. that was that was a sort of shared characteristic. And, um, oh. and, and it's they funny both feel that loss. They both had a loss recently. Yeah, good point. Yeah. They do bond yeah. over that. Yep. Yeah, and it's funny because she does fall asleep because she visits in the middle of the night. She's almost late for work. She's scrambling. And it to me, it just added to the legitimacy of like, oh, of course she would stay by his side all night and fall asleep there she's the fiance or the fiance or yeah. whatever yeah um, yeah yeah i thought yeah, that was true I, I didn't think about that they both came at the middle of the night well mm-hmm. so it seems like we we talked about our immediate reactions to the film i we, we've already had a few episodes where we watched the movie that we had like the nostalgia with and when we rewatched it we're like oh yeah like probably a lot of my feelings now have to do with the nostalgia this was not that case I would put this in like the level of 10 things I hate about you where I love it just as much if not more watching it now as an adult I would put it I like it more with every viewing because I didn't really have nostalgic attachment I didn't it was one of those movies I thought you know Lisa liked and I just sort of tolerated because I was so little but um, every time I rewatch it, I'm like, oh, this is a good movie. It's funny. It's cute. It's charming. It's cute. And even the things that I was like, I wouldn't say critical for, but things like as a kid, I didn't notice or notice, but didn't appreciate was like, well, one thing was like Lucy, they make her look quite frumpy. And I remember when yeah. I watched it as a teenager, I was like, oh, like, I wish they just made Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock so beautiful. Why didn't make her look beautiful? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. So a shallow bitch. And now it like dawned on me. I'm like, oh, she's wearing her dad's sweaters. Yes. Oh. Yes. She and talk, she, the only time she she, she they don't explicitly mention it except when she mentions the coat. The coat yeah, the she's overcoat. also wearing all of his sweaters. Although I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of that's come back in style. Like you could wear those sweaters and boots and 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 stuff now, yeah. but but not the in the nineties. I mean, you see what like, Ashley's wearing. Like yeah, you don't see any other woman. Yeah. Like there were parts where I was like, oh, they did try to frump her up. And it reminded me almost like of Drew Barrymore in um, Never Been Kissed, you know, like mm-hmm. the hot dog stand guy not remember. It's like, who wouldn't remember Sandra Bullock? It's a little bit like hard to believe, but she's still definitely like a, a movie star. It's just, they really- Yeah, they downplayed her her glamorous looks. Yeah. And Nicole yeah. Kidman was not, um, did not make it forward in the casting process. Because oh, director, interesting. I didn't know she was- The director was, was worried, yeah, that he just couldn't undo the glam. Yeah, I mean, Sandra Bullock obviously is still gorgeous, but they were able to make her look kind of girl next door relatable in a way that I don't think Nicole can. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that sweater. Look, I actually have like an oversized turtleneck sweater. And I think of it as my while you were sleeping. Uh, oh, right. The gray one that Joe Jr. likes. Um, it's like a marbled gray and black and white. Yeah. He's thing, like nice. But, oh, yeah. yeah. And what's also interesting, if you watch closely through the film, the sweaters get slightly more fitted as it goes. Oh, like, oh. Towards, towards the, so it's almost like she's kind of finding herself or becoming yeah. comfortable in her skin. With, yeah, with Another thing that like I also made the connection with later watching it now was that, um, and I don't know if I just like didn't pay attention because they do explicitly state this. It's like I'm like why is she like living in this tiny apartment? She's young. Why is she working as a CTA worker? They do explain it. And then they're like, oh, she dropped out of school to take care of her dad. And they brought her dad to probably, I'm assuming University of Chicago or Northwestern for like um, care. Mm -hmm. And that's a very relevant thing now. Like people, you know, with healthcare being so expensive. Oh, I I mean, I don't know if it was cancer or something else, but there's a lot published in oncology, just like financial toxicity and how people will go into debt for years paying for family members that actually died and they're still paying yeah. them. it's really terrible 
Um, and then the Northwestern too reminded me because there is that's where Peter is, and that reminded me of Big Sick, which is another rom com. Oh yeah, we we'll have to do Big Sick. Yeah, but yeah, it, so it is explained, but I still thought her apartment in Chicago was pretty nice for a CTA worker. Yeah, I think I think it because a lot of her dad's possessions were in there, so I wondered if it was like her dad's mm-hmm. apartment. Yeah, the, you could. See and then the she said board. they moved together from, I guess Indiana. I think she yeah. wrapped some other state there. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Somewhere else. But mm-hmm. a lot of her dad's possessions were there. And I don't know. It, it is a pretty night, but it also was the mid 90s. So I think it was before these things were so expensive. True, true. Now I look at these things, like that apartment in Friends, like WTF. <laughs> Nobody Again, we're, 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 back to the, we're back to the suspending just of a belief. Yeah, we'll talk about, like, you know, her dad, her dad died of this, like, sad thing. And then yeah, it's, it's, not, I think it's, it's another good example of rom-coms, or yeah. at least what you're saying about two sides the of the same Yeah, in the big sick, I haven't seen it, but from the title, you know, I know there's going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's a minor nitpick, but like, you know, rom-coms, it's aspirational. So the clothes, the apartments, everything's super nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, her, I don't, her part, I mean, she needs, she does need help decorating. <laughs> like, I mean, Peter's apartment is much nicer, which she references, she goes, was- Oh yeah, it was night and day. Yeah, so Peter's apartment I thought was very white and bright and empty, um, and lots of photos oh. of him. And right? sterile. Also, every yeah. photo very was sterile. just and him. her stuff was like filled with memories. Mm-hmm. It, had a, it had a warmish tone, the yellow walls, mm-hmm. and more. But I think your first hint to like the maybe not first, but like an early hint to the kind of guy Peter is. There's photos in the apartment. It's just Peter. Yeah, yeah. His, wallet, yeah. his wallet was just pictures <laughs> of him. Yeah, we laughed at that. The crowd I was with laughed. Yeah, like, he's like, like does that? what is it, these tiny, yeah, two by three numbers of himself. And it's just sort of like, what, it's like him with a tennis racket or something, like, just <laughs> yeah, emphasizing. If you weren't sure this guy likes the fine, finer things in life, he definitely does. Um, yes. Just hitting that. Um, but it's, like, very cute, though, how... Like he barely knows her. He wakes up from the coma. He barely knows her. And then he's like, I want to be a better person. And it's well, not from almost dying that makes him want to be a better person. It's from talking with her. And she like almost like, cause he said, he's like, he's like, I want to confess. And he talks about, he goes, those birds I rescued. <laughs> he goes, at first I knocked him out. <laughs> oh my God. Jack was like, don't say it. Don't tell me anymore. Like. Well, talk talk about brothers. That was based on the director's real life brother who had knocked he, oh he had, both, of, both of them had knocked the squirrels out of a tree, and then oh. somehow like a lo- the local newspaper printed a photo of the director's brother saying he local you know boy hero saves the squirrels. And to this day, the brother is not forgiven. That's so funny. That's a real story because I thought that was like one of the funniest little that, weird bits. That's so... stranger than fiction. Yeah. 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 Was, like I liked when she was looking through, you know, Peter's photos and the scrapbooks and stuff, and the sister's like, oh yeah, the squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that like family, so... it's become family lore. Yeah. I yeah. don't know yeah. is him wanting to be a better person and how much is he seems truly disoriented to me. And uh, just wanting to, you know, Saul really kind of gets his hooks in him and kind of has a very convincing appeal to him of how he can kind of turn his mm-hmm. life around if he doesn't mess up a good thing with Lucy. And in a way, Saul is like the fairy. Saul's like the fairy godfather, yeah. right? But he's like, yes. Yes. he is yes. the godfather. So we're back to the yes. fairy tale, um, you know, connections and reinventions. Exactly. And, and gender, like, kind of flipping. Um, yeah. 
I, I and think this is a good segue though then to talk about our um what do you think then is the most iconic scene Oof. there's so many good scenes yeah there's so many good scenes and so many good lines yeah okay so my so my scene is really short like and, and i remembered liking this remember i remembered like oh, i'm gonna like this moment again i mean it's more of a moment than a scene per se um, when I was re-watching it, I actually watched it New Year's Eve. Um, so it, was like, it was very, very topical. But um, yeah. it's the moment slash scene where Jack, and we haven't talked too much about the chemistry of, of Jack and Lucy, so hopefully we'll oh, get yeah, to that. Oh yeah, we'll have to come back but, to that. Um, a lot of this movie hinges on the um, non-verbals, which is what I was thinking about more and more. It's all the quiet moments. But anyway, so the moment where Jack is coming, um, almost in a sense to say goodbye to Lucy, but like gives her the glass snow globe. And then Lucy says, you know, are there any reasons you can think of why I shouldn't marry Peter? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of giving him that last opening. And he says, he says, none that I can think of, you know, just sort of like doesn't hesitate too much, straight face. He walks down the stairs and just like spams that door that, you uh, know, the, uh, the double door through. Uh, and you can just feel like the frustration of how he can't express, he can't say it won't get in the way of his brother's happiness. You know, he's willing to, yeah and and i just love that because i just think that was great acting i don't know if bill pullman is supposed to do that or how it played out but it just really resonated with me that's my favorite scene slash moment i'll add to that that bill pullman has said the ice slipping scene has become iconic from his take or from talking to fans and people where he and lucy are kind of stumbling on the ice together and he falls that was cute i don't know if i would say iconic but i had in my consideration i like the leaning scene i just oh yeah oh my god every time i think of the leaning scene my heart like putters and i actually remember our our viewers our like listeners are going to be like hell is so hard on ricky i actually (laughs) like turned to licky during that scene i was like you never lean on me when you're not strong, like, like, we need to do more of this. I'm like, like we need to do this. Not strong. It just means Ricky's strong. Honestly, it made uh, me think of like a row of lockers. It seemed like leaning is very much grounded. Like it's it's useful in a locker scene. Yeah, I mean, I just thought Joe Jr. was such a great comedic character. Like, I thought the chemistry yeah. was very palpable yeah. with them, with the leaning. And then just the, the kicker is, you know, Joe Jr. being like, hey, everything okay? It looked like he was leaning. Leaning? Yeah. Lucy, yeah. 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 bothering you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know. Joe Jr. is so funny. And apparently he does get asked very frequently, can you say that line? Can you say that? Oh my God. So So I met Joe Jr. in New York City. Uh, Was he leaning? Let me tell you, actually, (laughs) I recognized him right away. Um, he, He was wearing a mask and he was actually wearing a goofy hat, like a Christmas hat, and he was delivering a gift to a friend. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I would recognize him, but I, the, the voice I would, Luce. It like, was just, the friend, when I was talking to the friend, the friend was like, yeah. did you know who that was? And I'm like, no. And then he mentioned something, I guess he was also in Sopranos. And I was like, I don't watch, t- I, like, I've never watched it. I don't know. And he was like listing a few others. And when he said, while you were sleeping, Joe Jr., that's what I was like, holy shit, that was Joe Jr. And then like, I do yeah. remember his, I mean, all I could see were like his eyes and eyebrows. It was actually the eyebrows where I was like, oh my god that's where he was and what was really touching about him so the gift he brought um for this person that I was talking with was like the person I was talking was really down beforehand and the interaction with his friend like it was a 180 he was laughing he was obviously such a good dude and you should have seen the gifts he brought him it was like 
nothing fancy, like nothing you'd expect a Hollywood actor or whatever <laughs> to bring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like a little toy truck, like chocolates, like like knickknacks things. And I guess I guess because they were childhood friends, it was very it was oh, wow. very sweet. Um, you can just tell like he was a he was he's like a a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Joe, that was another thing I noticed with rewatching. Joe Jr. is way funnier than I remembered. I laughed. Oh yeah, I laughed he's at almost so... everything he said. Yeah, he's a scene stealer. Um, yeah, he I mean, he, really he's is. so good. Apparently, he was only supposed to be there for one week, and um, he was ended up being there for three weeks because they kept adding more scenes for him. He's so good. And there's and the funny yeah. thing about that, I didn't even know that because I didn't look up you know as much trivia for this movie. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing about his scenes that feels like fat. Like you. Right. you couldn't, you couldn't cut any of them, even the one no. where he has the date. Like that is hilarious. Yeah. And so, where he was like, he was like, she's the most beautiful g- woman in, in the building, and his grades like, why? Wow. She's but you're the most beautiful on the what? third and fourth. <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> and when he like her the flowers when he brings her to see the flower and say, you know, he's like, like you can lay him on my coffin. Yeah. And like him trying to comfort her and be like, don't wallow and ruin yourself and da da da. And he, she's like, how's it going with Miss Third Floor? And he's like, what? It's <laughs> yeah. really just about him. And I mean, he really is just, uh, you know, he, he just seems like kind hearted, you know, just kind of yeah. like lovable goofball esque. Like he doesn't, I mean, he's playing a somewhat kind of like lewd, you know, creepy ish guy, but yes. because of the way he pulls it off, he becomes endearing. And not everyone can do that. Yeah. Um, and it's he just is, Joe Jr.'s very yeah it's a the still the character and another like masterful moment that just in terms of like writing slash having all the characters there at the same time Joe is telling Lucy you know seeing the way you look at him like you've seen your first Trans Am just as a Joe <laughs> Jr. kind of like reference and um you hear um Jack overhearing that and oh that's right there is very interesting like overhearing happening yeah Um, which i guess is a rom-com trope right there's misunderstandings with overhearing the nurse overhears lucy talk to herself saying like i was gonna marry you but also like you know just joe jr joe jr trying to engineer the misunderstanding is also funny just with jack being like do you know this woman in this apartment he's like no or i'm dating her (laughs) and jack doesn't know Lucy or Joe Jr. that matter from Adam. So he's like, like she, she takes it on faith and is like, okay, so she's two timing Peter at a minimum with Joe Jr. It's just so like, absurd. Yeah. I love how like they don't even it's like when 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 he confronts Lucy about it, it's not like a huge argument because when he says that guy, she goes, Joe Jr. and like snort laughs. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe so Jr. Funny. at no point in the movie, at no point in the movie is Joe Jr. even remotely entertained as a serious romantic prospect. No. He could be the last woman in Chicago with that cat, and she is not ending up with Joe Jr. I mean, just just the name Joe Jr. This is so funny. Yeah, yeah. Did you get that like immaturity aspect with like a junior and um... yeah, and then the sausage um, you know, grill out or whatever, but in the building, oh, like yeah. on fire. <laughs> Just like it's so absurd. Yeah, and, and then when he's, he's like, like a Dennis the Menace or something kind of humor. <laughs> Over overgrown Dennis the Menace. And then when he's <laughs> and then when he's like when he sees Lucy, he's like, hey Lucy, nice. And it's like, you know, he just kind of this habit is a compliment and he doesn't know how the compliment's gonna end. And he's you know kind of like a sweater, you know, because it's like <laughs> the thing he sees. And you're wearing black underwear. I love black underwear. <laughs> when he bought when he's in her shoes he's like i slipped i slipped into the shoe yeah yeah 
think so. But I want to go back to Jack because we definitely we haven't talked much about yeah. him and Lisa though. What you're describing, even though these are moments you're describing, maybe not quite an iconic scene, I think they do touch on the chemistry between Jack and Lucy. And like, it's, that's it's something that's like, it's thick, it's palpable. Like even when like Bill Pullman walks in and like, just, I don't know, it's like them being in the room and he's- Well, he walks in while she's sleeping in yeah, a sense too, right? That's true. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of like kind of sleeping hinge references. Yeah. And yeah. then also, right, she gets- I mean, It's not a meaning for something like things that while we're not paying attention, like sleeping is mm. another, you know, like- She I mean, she's sleeping is kind of another word for saying like, while your head is up your ass. <laughs> she seems kind of though on high alert even sleeping there because i remember i like, i think she is kind of still awake and she overhears yeah she opens Mary, like, oh, tell him oh you don't know his and, no they're overhearing her. actually right right, yeah, right. a lot of that mm-hmm. like you'll love her she's great and he's like maybe i'll stay the night and she's like uh-oh i gotta get uh, up early and it's here. like it's like yeah did he sleep because he's sitting on this you know, steps <laughs> with a mug of coffee uh you know just primed waiting to yeah, he was not letting her get out of that house without. But their first interaction, I was like, you don't. I mean, you, you just know. You like, you know, they're gonna fall in love. And it was also interesting <laughs> how he he doesn't. He's the last family member, you know, to enter the movie. Comes a little late into the film. Yeah, um, like really yeah. late. Like he misses yes. Christmas. Yeah, so that makes he does it miss Christmas. Yeah, yeah that was they're a, all so in that, was, that was a nice mix up though to like the rom com formula because usually you meet the two leads around the same time or so or very close together. Um, but yeah, he comes a little bit later in. But yeah, so about, like couldn't be more different of brothers, like just everything. right. So that's really emphasized too. Yeah, the contrast, right? We have um, working class. You know, he's always wearing those boots, the jeans, the plaid, the khaki. Furniture maker, like artsy. Uh, yeah, right. He's producing things. Mm-hmm. And um, like, the brother is um, close to the family. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about how like Peter's apartment's like sterile. It's white. It's clean. And we don't ever see Jack's apartment, but you can just see like he has this like warm air with him. Mm-hmm. Like he yes. just like emits warmth and um and the thoughtfulness. And yeah, yes. I mean, so. I I would say Peter Gallagher. He's aged very well. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't seen Bill Pullman as much, but let me tell you, I thought Bill Pullman was quite handsome in this movie. Yes. Okay. So yeah. Um, yes, that's he, another he, reason yeah. I had it with this. Another issue I had with this movie is I saw Mr. Wrong before I saw this movie. <laughs> so, so in that movie, that should be on another the bad rom com uh, podcast episode. <laughs> we haven't Steve, seen it. Yes. Steve back on. Oh so my god! You gotta get Steve called, back on. There's a movie yeah. called Mr. Wrong where he basically is pursuing Ellen DeGeneres, who is not into him, which is funny in retrospect for a couple reasons, but. He's like this terrible, terrible villain. And then like I saw him as a ghost in Casper. So I didn't know how I felt about Bill Pullman as a romantic <laughs> lead. Like, I didn't know oh, that's right. He was a ghost. Yeah. Also, and, and then he's also in Sleepless in Seattle, which you guys, I know, Mary, yeah, yeah. have you seen well, Hell Yeah? Sleepless in Seattle. Okay, and, he, and he's the guy, he's the other guy, right? He's and it's kind of like, guy. He's always the other guy. Oh, and it's Pullman. around the same time as Casper. Like he's in his 40s. Actually, both yeah. the brothers look good, but they're in, this, they're in their 40s, I think, when the, this mm-hmm. movie was filmed so he goes from being like christina ritchie's dad to being like this single bachelor yeah so, yeah, so he was excited to, uh, bill Pullman was excited to get this role to get the chance to kind of show off this softer romantic sweeter side i mean i i remember him in like independence day and he was the president he does I have this like very generic day. look mm-hmm. and this is like oh. a little bit unrelated but i remember there was this mystery series i really liked um it was a book called stephanie plum series i love them and one of the books 
referenced a character who like wasn't really like didn't have any features that was striking about him and which actually made him a really good um criminal because like no mm. one could really be like witness him they like couldn't describe the assailant and i whenever i read books i kind of think about what actors would play him and for that one i was definitely thinking Bill Pullman. oh that's a good mm. call because he is like generically attractive there's nothing to pick on but yeah. he's kind of an oddball in a lot of his roles and I haven't seen him recently so I don't know how well he's aged but one thing I did hear about trivia wise for this movie I can't think of him without thinking of that jacket I don't know about you guys he kept like, the jacket yeah he kept it it's reversible khaki and jeans he must have aged pretty well if he still fits <laughs> into the jacket but when he wears it his wife apparently goes is that the wall you were sleeping jacket <laughs> Well, I think what made Jack particularly attractive, though, is, like, the acting, the charm, and, like, there's this, like, husky, like, old school, um, what's the word? There's, like, like, I think it goes back to a primitive state for women where we want a man that can, like, build you something. Hmm. he drives a truck he built this yeah I mean, I yeah it's very I traditional watch, i never yeah. sex in the city but i read online he's like a proto aiden apparently there's a character named aiden that like also oh yeah yeah oh interesting yeah. well and, there's, yeah. peter gallagher is like mr big but there's also oh. a oh yeah and there's also a sex in the city episode where sarah just parker's dating a guy and she loves his family more than the guy that she did and, and who uh, can't who can't relate to that like and stay, yeah. wants to wants to stick it out and the family likes her too it's like come on you know we'll have so many birthdays and celebrations together and it's I, worth it i have yeah. to say that reminds me i love how this family just without knowing anything about her but just that she's engaged to peter welcomes her with such open arms it is so sweet she gets her own lucy stocking they somehow got oh her oh my god that was so yeah that was super like, sweet that they, was so precious and, and she gets the present yeah and she and we don't see what it is and we don't need to see what it is right there's no, just the just fact that she got her presents yeah so so very sweet. sweet so i know you guys like to talk about tropes you know so i, I do think that has to be acknowledged as a trope where the family gets maybe overly involved in romantic life um yeah, and like what my question though to propose to you guys is the love story between her and jack or is the love story between her and the family well when she says i fell in love with you and the, the dad's, dad's like you fell in love with me <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's a great comedy like, moment yeah that was actually you my favorite scene the wedding you, scene they used to say like all shakespeare comedies end in a wedding and like obviously it doesn't end with the wedding because it's kind of botched and doesn't happen but the family reminded me a little bit of a greek chorus just the fact yeah. that they're kind of always there they always have some wisecrack they're sort of helping with the narration and the backstory and just you know um this is from i don't know uncle earl or whoever who's uncle earl okay. like just all yeah, it's just very, very funny and like that scene. Yeah, so tell, tell us why you like that scene. Why does that? Why is that top for you? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, well, actually, I do know. Well, the, the one of the lines just always sticks with me, where she goes, like they don't even start. Actually, no, I'm gonna even take it back. Even like her entrance with it, like she's about to walk down with her coat. <laughs> and like, Lisa, you just had a wedding. I'm planning a wedding and I'm just looking at this like, oh my God. But I'm also looking at it like, you know what? Actually, that would save me a lot of effort right now if I just- I, I need to know what you probably <laughs> thought of the dress though. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no words, just you can describe to the viewers what my face looks for, like. It's a, tie, it's a tie with me between that 
and the wedding planner for just the most ugly aborted wedding dress. Because <laughs> that's right. Well, did anyone catch how the nurse is playing the piano or like the, uh, oh. the, the like the organ in the corner? And I was just like, <laughs> what is this happening? Does this double as like a you know chapel? Mother, the nurse is like like accidental Cupid. <laughs> there are chapels and hospitals, but I don't know of any that allow patients to get married in them while they're currently admitted. Yeah, and I watched, I was like, is that a nurse? And like, you know, in the corner playing piano, I watched at the end where everyone's like kind of getting up and squabbling and she's laughing. She's outright laughing, you know, she's like, that's hilarious. Just, yeah. I think that scene is, the reason it's my favorite is because it's like, even from it's hasty, like the hasty start to the wedding, like she's brushing in, she's like about to walk down with her coat. And I was like, oh, oops, sorry, takes it off. It, everything's like, I think it's, you see the way everything culminated together into this one thing. And like, even all the tropes are together. It's, you kind of imagine it, how the, so when you, whenever you watch a saga or read a saga, kind of like in Lord of the Rings, usually like you meet all these characters through the journey and at the climax all the characters come together towards a common enemy hmm. and that's always my favorite part when like everything that's happened leads up to this point and I feel like maybe that's why my favorite scene is like even all the main all the characters are in the room together like the nurse is in the room the family's in the room Peter's in the room Jack's in the room Saul Lucy then also Lucy's co-workers who also all know the truth right and then, but you also have all the tropes together in the room. So if you were to give them characters, like you have the wedding, you have the grandfather, you have like, and then you have the I objects, well, and then you have the ex-girlfriend <laughs> coming, and then you have the ex-girlfriend's husband coming. And, and you then have, you have, like, you have the brothers. Like I the, cannot believe she was married. I forgot that. Oh, you know, me too. But um, with the trope, yeah, also like the brothers, right? If there's two brothers and one romantic lead, that happens a lot of times in wrong films. yeah so you have just like everything uh, like not only do you have the physical characters but you also have the metaphysical characters in the form of the comedic tropes mm-hmm. and i don't know it's kind of like it just it makes it's very basic but i like it <laughs> yeah, what did what did okay yeah so this happened this you know, scene, so I, was, I love I, when she goes and then when she goes and the scene also has my favorite line which she goes um i object before it's even started oh yeah and he goes, I haven't gotten there yet. She goes, I object. And then I guess Bill Pullman goes, I object too. Yeah. And the family goes, why? He goes, I'm in love with your son. We know. And she goes, not that one. And then like leans over. And, it's like, what? <laughs> and I just think it's like the cutest thing. Also like the third yeah. part where, you know, she's like, like Jack, what did you do? Jack's like, yeah. I have to object too. And then he's like, to Peter, what about you? And he's like, I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> Here's here's my question. Here's my yeah. He's still waking up from the coma. Yeah. Comes in and she's like, I object to all of this. Like, yeah, well, here's here's what I'm thinking, or I'm wondering. Was Saul in a way the original quiet objector? Because we have this moment where the camera goes to him as Lucy's walking down the aisle, and he's like smiling, and he's kind of like, you know, he kind of like yeah. looks down, and he kind of has this like sad moment. It seems of doubting, like of doubting, yeah. is this actually going to be a good life for Lucy? I don't yeah, know if that, if that was my the read on question it too. or, okay. About, he's, he's worried about Lucy. Okay, yeah. He knows yeah. about her and Jack, but it's like, that was my read on it too. He's not, he's worried about Lucy. Or like, I mean, how far this deception has come, you know, kind yeah. of speaking of con into existence. Um, yeah. I didn't, I just thought, I was like, that was, a, that was a good acting moment. I also wasn't quite sure, but you guys, you guys had some ideas. It's very, it's very subtle. It's like, he's wondering if this was the right decision. Cause you, that's a good question is, did he know about 
did he know about Jack or is he just thinking like he knows who Peter is and he's like Peter I mean the scary thing is Peter doesn't know who Peter is he's so malleable he is like ready to get married after talking to her for two minutes he doesn't know if he likes Joe or not well that, that scene after Ashley comes and like confronts him in the hospital room and then he's like he's turns to his, his roommates like man Peter you turn in a new leaf huh and he goes yeah the guy in the next hospital bed was really funny just his reactions to all this it's like a soap opera kind of playing out right next to him and he's just in awe oh yeah he was eating, eating up with a spoon um, oh yeah oh yeah and then you also um well you also i think that i was reading a review that acknowledges i didn't think about this i mean <laughs> it's, it's a whirlwind for peter who originally like didn't even say hi to Lucy like didn't even acknowledge or say hi every day he took that commuter it makes Um, sense that he kind of recognizes her but doesn't know her at all because he doesn't but doesn't even do like the kind of smallest of kindnesses or you know somebody he really did interact with on a daily basis (laughs) yeah I, I like him he does on Christmas though uh-oh. Yeah, he says Merry Christmas. Oh, sure. Christmas. I mean, like, and Christmas, is anybody mean? Like, I mean, that is the day. To- I think it's funny that he has a car. He's a fancy lawyer. He still takes the L every day to work or wherever he was going. Like, yeah. I, just, I thought that was funny. But yeah, no, I mean, he doesn't say hi, but neither does she, right? Like, it's, it's, nothing's ever struck up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that because this kind of brings me back to a point we were talking about how good nature Lucy is mm. and like she has this warm heart that once you meet her like any like at to quote Saul he goes like you'll you'll if you give her two like 15 minutes you'll see what the rest of us took only 30 seconds to understand which is like but he doesn't I mean he's kind of like but he no he does he then asks her to marry him He's like, you guys think Lucy's great. I'm going to f- spend the rest of my life trying to figure out why. Like, he doesn't say Oh, yeah, that's like true. He why. does say that. He goes, if you guys say this. But then, but the other thing is, there is this other line that I love. It's not so much an iconic, I don't, I wouldn't put it as an iconic scene, but it's, it's one of those lines that sticks with me where Lucy's talking with Peter and he, he says she he was like i've never done anything heroic Heroic, yeah and then she says you give up your seat like every day and he was like that's not heroic she goes it is to the person who gave up your seat and i don't know just that like little just you can just see the way she sees and thinks about things and i don't know that's one of those lines that you know i'll be walking on the street and i like that 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 I can like hear her, that voice in my head. And that's the turning point for Peter, a slight turning point, because you can see like the flash in his eyes of this is a good person. You know, this is somebody who sees the small things and appreciates life. Yeah. I think it's safe to say though, he does have a lot to grow (laughs) before he can maybe (laughs) truly deserve to marry someone like Lizzie. The script was even harder on him. And uh, and the pretty hard on him. The actor Peter Gallagher said, "You know, can I at least have a little bit of leeway to to give myself a little of a leg to stand on, or or you know, can a can a romantic interesting story exist where the brother isn't a super evil villain, right? It's kind of Mm -hmm. like um, uh, thinking about rom com. So thinking about movies like The Wedding Planner, like you know, do you need the kind of like other person to be this like terrible, terrible? Yeah. I mean, do you have to pound it in? Yeah. Is it more interesting?" And that's oh, the thing about this person. movie is there's no real villain. No, I, you know, you don't. And I think the family is kind of in an interesting way, hard on Peter. Like, obviously they love him, 
but he is very good looking and they make jokes like they know he knows he's good well, looking, he's sleeping you know? beauty he is yes, the beauty yeah, right yes, and yeah. like and lucy doesn't know anything about him except for his she good looks and loves, a little bit here and there but yeah smile and the dad's like they're caps six hundred dollars. Oh, yeah, right. So what, yeah, that that's great. Yeah, yeah. Just it's just, with his manufactured. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ashley calls him you one ball bastard. <laughs> okay, that that is like my favorite side plot. The one testicle thing is just so hilarious. Well, it's so just also the fact that Lucy's like just so accidental. Like when Jack is grilling yeah. her, she just accidentally knows all this. Yeah, one ball bastard was definitely Ashley's best line. But then Saul being like by the way how did you know but you know what i don't want to know yeah yeah you know you just think like what if that didn't happen right that was which you had added earlier that was really the clincher because you know i don't know did you guys think jack when they're kind of like well if she wants to prove it she will it it felt like maybe the family was kind of coming around his way of thinking because lucy wasn't coughing up any information or even being particularly defensive because she really isn't his fiance. Like I was like, oh, maybe she is kind of. And they were very quick to believe she was pregnant, and like Lucy says, because that's the only reason why someone like Peter would marry someone like. And her. I thought that was a great line by the dad. He's like, "Go to your room to like the young teenage daughter." <laughs> the one who shared the news. Like, yeah, <laughs> she already knows. But, yeah, classic again. Anyway, classic I have to tell you guys something. She was, oh, you're not pregnant. We know. Jack told us. Yeah, but but again, like another overhearing something and misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah yes, that's a big theme here. But it's also like a lot of these things that I feel like why this movie did so like does so well with me is a lot of these problems that aren't made to be problems. They're not like oh my god you lied to us about being like you know they're like oh okay it was just like a misunderstanding and then they move on and i think there's something like refreshing about that it's not like there's no bitterness held um i don't know how many days they waited after the whole wedding fiasco that they showed up and jack proposed to her right and going back like going back to jack um you know doubting lucy but then he eventually he wants to really get to know lucy and again going back to the no sleeping or a lot of things happen at night in the movie and it's like him oh they're walking alone yeah walking together and they pass that couple it's kind of like cuddling you know on the bridge or something and it's another great moment where jack was kind of looking at them looking back at lucy them like you know they're so close they can feel the chemistry but they cannot act on it with this like you know farce of a um engagement I mean, I guess he, he does end up. Oh, I'm sorry, Mary. You go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like, that is another thing that kind of does strain credibility. Like, the family obviously forgives him if they never met her, but it's like, how could he have a fiance that they had never even heard of? Even Ashley, you know, the dad knew her full name, and like, they knew that they met at a bar or whatever. Like, um, but they're all just so willing to kind of move on and forgive and accept her into their family. I wonder. I wonder if they're just so thankful it wasn't Ashley because Mary's like, "Did you kick Ashley out?" Like, I got the impression they didn't really like her, and I think they were just, like, "Oh my god, someone not Ashley." We don't. We're not questioning Ashley. And then you hear Ashley's like voicemail, and you're like, "Oh God, he proposed to her. This is not gonna be good. This is not gonna be." Yeah, what but the there hell? is a lot of like Hollywood movie magic going on with the making of this because like. Yeah. Lucy ends up being trapped to talk with a friend and finds about the one ball. She happens to see the ice cream. Mm-hmm. And then with the cat stuff, she's like, oh, cat food. Um, and then Jack's like, Peter doesn't have a cat. And it turned out like it was Ashley's cat. And there's like this little, yeah, mu- like, you know, if, if, uh, if Cupid has a role to play in this, there is, you kind of see these like, ma- like orchestrated things happening that mm-hmm. I don't know is, is I, what kind of gives rom-coms their 
that traditional it's a thing that yeah they're magic yeah I, I thought the biggest faux pas was actually not recognizing the car when it was literally right in front of them I was yeah. like, oh, my heart always stops at that moment because that is just like you know <laughs> how do you tough, get out of that yes yeah. that is a tough one to recover from but I was laughing at the doorman one because he was like I don't know her I've never seen her and then you're like oh the jig is up here we go and he's like but I'm new I just heard it last week and it's like oh okay okay (laughs) he goes oh I heard she's scary (laughs) yeah (laughs) and Jack's like yeah she is she's crazy (laughs) so it all kind of works oh man rich kitty oh my gosh another and another one just like you know kind of cat here cat there another like very subtle but quick overlap of how um, Peter's reminiscing about his house in Paris and it, the scene cuts to Joe Jr. saying I'm wearing this cologne like of Paris or something oh. and, and you know just kind of like oh that, that, that does um contrast well with Lucy who like hasn't ever really traveled right you know? mm-hmm. and yeah. Peter is like this high flyer too. Joe, Joe mm-hmm. Jr. is a high flyer in his own mind you know <laughs> like, you live here he's like I own this building this is dad's uh-huh. And then you have Jack who drives a truck and like makes furniture to sell to people and wants his own company. Well, and you also father son businesses. You have the landlord being run by, you know, the building yeah. being owned by Joe Sr., Joe Jr., and then the father and, and it son. It is funny furniture. to see the truck that says Callahan and Son. Like there's just something funny about that. Yeah. And I also love how when Jack does finally tell his dad, like he doesn't want to be in it, like that's another example of like, you know what? This is nice. I'm glad it's not a huge argument. I'm glad it's not leading to a drama or Game of Thrones like fiasco. Like it's kind of it's refreshing. Like there are all these things where I'm like that easily could have been. There are all these situations where it easily could have been a disaster. And then mm-hmm. just by the nature of someone being like good hearted, yeah. like it's not. Yeah, and you're seeing and the influence. Like, I sold the worst thing he says is I could have sold the business to your <laughs> uncle. Yeah, and you're, you're seeing the influence of Lucy. Um, you know how she's uh you know she advised him to talk to his dad and figure it out yeah. and you're kind of like seeing that um take shape actually the biggest arguments that happen in the movie are between lucy and jack yes um which is yeah. the classic like rom-com you know th- there's friction or tension um and that happens a lot oh uh, what i was gonna say with the moving or with the um like furniture company i thought that this is the first time i really noticed these nods to kind of morbid humor or dark humor like it's a it's a um you know estate furniture yeah uh right so oh, they, like, they check the obituaries check the obituaries yeah. i think like lucy says to joe jr i've got six months to live or something like that and yeah. all these like kind of like quick flashes oh, like yeah i've noticed that uh, but i just thought it was kind of interesting that um weaves that in that's like my that's my jam i like the morbid i like when people play <laughs> jump rope with i guess do you say with the two sides of the same coin with the comedy and the humor tragedy yeah right tra- tragedy yeah, yeah tragedy and humor when they play jump rope with that line yeah definitely um so yeah though so that's i mean you know, I think the thing is that we, we oh, each talk about our favorite moments, our favorite scenes. Oh, oh. But the pull the plug scene. Yeah, or when the boss was like, you know, pull the plug. And she's like, you're sick. I'm, I'm sick. You're the one dating a vegetable. You know, so again, like, <laughs> I like the boss. I the bo- like okay, the-, the boss I thought was like the kind of like new twist on the, the best friend. Yes, the best friend. Yeah. 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 So the best friend. Then. Yeah. Well, she, when she go, after, after Bill, after Jack tells her there's not a reason for her to not go through with the wedding and then she shows up at her boss's crying 
Yeah. Like he's like, what happened with that guy with the brother? And she's just like, he didn't want me. And it was like really sad. Yeah, that seems that scene seemed cut to me. Like I felt like there was more to it. And I don't know mm. if they just, you know, for time they didn't they have kind of yeah, it felt like there was a little bit more like there's gonna be a little bit more back and forth. I don't know. I didn't find you anything know, proving I, that. I think I think your instincts are right because I ended up actually rewinding because I was like, wait, that seems like a strong jump right there. Yeah. So I had to kind of rewind and see Jack saying that to Lucy again and then being like, okay, I think that's why she's making that conclusion. Yeah. And it was funny because another thing um, I was talking about with the people I watched it with was, uh, um, was the boss able to follow along? Because at some point the boss seemed a little bit confused or, or couldn't quite, yeah, but then, he was like, you're going with the coma guy? You know, then it, it again, it was like... <laughs> Not the tall really guy that followed you to the party. Yeah, the yeah. coma guy is not the right guy. And then he's like, "What happened with you?" Yeah, I mean that is. Yeah, but at one point she was like, "He's like, are you insane?" And she goes, "Am I insane for like where a rich, handsome man wants yeah. to marry me?" Like, <laughs> oh, well, he, it kind of was insane because she's fretting to him about all these problems and she's naming all the family members and it's really snowballed. And he was like, "Lucy, you don't just join a family like you do the Marines. Like, mm-hmm. how are mm-hmm. you so?" this but that's such a traditional way of thinking about family that maybe is a little outdated now yeah 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 i mean they just they just envelop her you know and uh there's no character that you don't kind of get to know even if they're really small like jerry wanda the nurse like all of them Mm -hmm. so my i have another question so we talked about I guess like our favorite scenes or our favorite moments mm-hmm. but what like this is our holiday a holiday special episode what mm-hmm. do you think what do you think either makes this movie qualified to be a holiday like do you think this could have happened if it wasn't a holiday if it didn't take place during the holidays well it's interesting how it because apparently according to the history originally it didn't take place during the holidays the script was set to just place at some better. random better point during the, the year the studios wanted it to be holiday because they thought they could kind of sell it better and make it more interesting and it, interesting it sort, of, it sort of raises the stakes on everything it's like yeah and it does make a little bit more for me it makes it easier for me to buy the family like welcomes her in so quickly kind of like come over for christmas and be a part of this and I mean, they're uh, freaking yeah. out when he has this accident and they're like on christmas day like just <laughs> I mean, oh, really she had work on Christmas. Remember her boss? If that didn't happen, her boss. Made oh, her work on good Christmas. point. Because she, she didn't have any family. family the, ho- yeah. the holidays really. If you're a lonely person, the holidays can be really um, tough time. And that you saw how lonely she was, even though she did kind of try to have a holiday with the tree and you know staying home and staying in. And uh, you know she does have the friend. She has New Year's Eve plans, but the holidays is really family time and that's when it was really clear how alone she was it was sort of like everything kind of convalesced at the right time with peter like i think the holidays even if it wasn't originally conceived that way it definitely heightened the stakes of everything do you guys remember the family dinner scene it was they they had to have their christmas celebration later and i guess it was after jack arrived i'm not sure what happened like they had her over for dinner yeah. again it was mm-hmm. after the crisp it was after the gift opening and stuff mm-hmm. um so I don't know if they, but they, they still decorated it as if it was Christmas. I'm not really sure if there was an occasion they had the dinner, but I feel like that scene especially made it, made it like the, the holiday movie. Yeah. Because like they're all, it's just, because like Mary, you, you put it really well that 
what the holidays is, is about family, whether it's by blood or your made family or something, but it kind of is around family. Like all the holiday movies, if you're, you're either introducing your partner to your family or you're going to hang out with your family alone and they're making you feel bad about being single and then you meet your person or there's like something where like there's a family element to it yeah. in all these holiday movies and then in that scene it's like she's just sitting there and it's like you, you hear how they're having like three parallel conversations at the same time um it's such a contrast to how empty and quiet her apartment oh, oh sorry my phone like went off for a second oh, no worries and like this bustling family like just a lot of conversation even arguing mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. you can see where she's so taken in by the family because it just is so full of life compared to her own you know really quiet I mean okay I I am someone who lives alone with a cat and I'm not dipping Oreos into their milk bowl I mean that scene was like <laughs> You know, like they just made it seem really, really sad and she had nowhere to be. And, you know, why wouldn't mm-hmm. she love being in this family? Like they were great. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's interesting because I think some people forget that this movie takes place during the holidays um, because it is, it's just weaved in so subtle and it's not the main focus, but I think that's what yeah. makes it special. And that's why I like watching it around the holiday season. Um, and, and no one, it's not decked out in red and green. There's not a whole large Christmas soundtrack. like. I kind of think the undersell is what makes it more memorable. Yeah, it's sort of authentic. Yeah, but I guess that's why I mentioned mentioned that family dinner mm-hmm. because that's like to me that's that's the mm-hmm. maybe not the I- iconic movie scene or the iconic rom com scene, but it's the iconic holiday scene. Yeah, yeah, and I and also I mean you can just you can almost feel the blushing like occurring between Jack and um, yeah. But when they go, Jack, what's your type? Oh, and that's yeah. yeah. That was and, the, and the sister calls him out. You know, the sister calls him out. The sister to call out. Yeah, that's... you know, siblings know. Um, but uh, I mean, have you? I wonder, do you guys ever talk about this on the podcast of with um, rom coms, which lead falls first, or you know, or is it a simultaneous fall? I don't think I always, have. I always like to kind of try to look for that. Yeah, we've all, we've it's talked about to, yeah we we haven't we maybe we, we should definitely start. For me, but I thought um, Jack fell first. I thought Jack started to fall Lynn. more in with Lucy. Oh gosh. Um, I mean, for me, I thought there was even a little bit of like at first sight. I mean, he just seemed already kind of like you know a little bit drawn to her, but um, beyond which is funny because that's how it is you know vice well, versa it, with it, the it brother it's funny you say that because we kind of see their scenes where they confess their love to someone else right kind of and right we, after each other like jack is playing poker with comatose peter uh yeah so like, I, but it was he talks about always being under peter's shadow and peter was a good son and peter's mm-hmm. like yes you know mm-hmm. but, i mean jack's not unsuccessful he's he's he actually stayed in the family business which is every parent's dream but um he kind of says how he'd have to get called to the principal's office and the principal would say like, why couldn't you be more like your brother, Peter? And then Peter was featured in the newspaper for saving the squirrels. Although at the time he didn't realize he kicked them out. Um, <laughs> but he says, I've never, but he's like, it's fine. I was really proud of you. I never wanted anything you had until now. Yeah. Right? And then he plays the card thing where he goes, all right, whoever has the, and that part, this part was a little cringy for me. I think it was like more my feminist, um, my feminist spidey senses were tingling but when he goes whoever has the higher card gets lucy and i'm like yeah that was i knew, you, I knew hell yeah i knew you were gonna have an opinion <laughs> 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 i can't help it 
he was sleeping so it definitely wasn't done in earnest um <laughs> the two out of three it was all just for comedic but yeah I mean I, I don't know if I have a strong opinion on who fell first I do think Lucy was also pretty early on because Joe Jr. has the thing of like you know it's him or me and she's like him like she likes him but it makes sense that Jack would fall first because Lucy remember does have this like long harboring crush on Peter right. and is now like you know trying to figure out how she's going to get out of this entanglement when he wakes up and how convenient is it that he's you know has selective amnesia or whatever they're <laughs> calling it um so just speaking of I love how Peter like Peter Gallagher doesn't have many lines in it but the ones he does are he's endearing you can't hate him because then when Ashley really comes funny. she goes how do you not know like remember he goes I have amnesia yeah, he's like, uh, he's just like, here's a once. He's like, oh, okay, I, I feel good about this. And I actually thought it was crazy how much he did remember because I certainly don't remember my eighth grade locker combo or, you know, he's just, he just rattling off. having this crisis. Yeah. He goes, do I like this ice cream? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there also was definitely like Bask- Baskin Robbins, Dunkin' Donuts, Coca Cola. I mean, there's a lot of product plays. There's so much product <laughs> You would have thought this movie was in New England. There was so much Dunkin' Donuts. Bam. Uh, yeah, especially New York City. He kind of pointed out that was his takeaway from the movie. I was a little bit like, this was a point of, I, no, not, it was like a friendly argument where I was like, how did you not love this movie? I have to question everything about our relationship. Although not really, because like, I mean, <laughs> rom-coms also aren't his favorite. So it was like, it was a losing battle. I do think this is definitely no question. I mean, there are the two brothers, but it's a female driven movie. Yeah. So you have to kind of be in on the Sandra Bullock character in order to enjoy, you know, everything kind of happens around and in reaction to her. She's the center of the movie. Even though I think this is a good, good way for us to transition to, you know, we talked a lot about like scenes but what about casts um so um our cat we have sandra bullock playing lucy peter galgo playing peter and then bill pullman playing jack uh so these are our our leads and what did you guys well i guess my my first real question is is this sandra bullock's first like starring role it's pretty it's pretty old it's like what well, it was made in 90 yeah, starring she rom-com she was in speed love potion number um, nine might have been uh, early yeah that's true yeah, that that's, was earlier yeah but yeah i mean that was like baby sandra bullock like this is probably her first major big studio was practical yeah. magic after this she looked I older think, in practical I, magic I think yeah was. i think it was yeah and i think this was turned down by other big rom-com star america sweetheart star julia roberts apparently mm. they all to her and she turned it down i don't know if that's true i think that's like imdb so this but, is yeah. probably before sandra was that big right right mm-hmm. she was like on the rise and it sounds like meg ryan also turned it down yeah yeah. previous writing of it so I mean of the three of them Sandra Bullock's definitely the newer one yeah 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 I, think I mean I I love Sandra Bullock like you can put Sandra Bullock in, <laughs> She's in a sheet well. and like have her read the phone book and I'll be like completely enamored by it <laughs> I've loved like she's done rom-coms I mean well into the 2000s she's um, done a lot Actually, she's done a lot and Lisa I mean you pointed that this is like definitely the height of it like the 90s rom-coms are like I think the best like the, yeah it's its own subgenre yeah. I, think, I think one movie that did quite kind of quote save rom-coms and did really well was the proposal yeah uh, Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds and when I watched too. while you were sleeping I couldn't help noticing I was like 
is this an homage or did the proposal just rip off a lot of this movie because there's also a grandma that can't know about this fake Mm -hmm. relationship because of a heart condition or something there's also a wedding that doesn't happen there's like her and Ryan Reynolds slipping all over each other like it just it was a lot of overlap with while you're sleeping and I was like oh this is interesting if they're nods or if it's just you know tropes like we were saying and I wonder (laughs) if we if if it's more acceptable because at least Sandra Bullock is in the proposal too so it's okay and it's interesting Mm -hmm. in the proposal because she's I mean, I guess the characters all seem. I guess she's in the power position. She's definitely older. Yeah, yeah. she's she yeah. looks older than Ryan Reynolds, and is in the power position. And to really carry a movie, um, the audience has to enjoy a scene with just you in it. Like that yeah. has to be enough, and that's actually asking a lot if the person doesn't have a lot of charisma, you know, doesn't have the like kind of good acting or positioning or facial expressions. And there's a just sweet, super sweet scene where Sandra Bullock smiles looking out the window, looking down at Jack. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's a, and it's just like, wow, you know, you can't help but smile too. And so she's just got that ability to hold the movie. Oh, and, I, you know, I see. thought I was all in just from the narration. I mean, we talked about this. Oh, yeah. this some of us liked it, some of us didn't. You know, Which is like we, a fairy tale, right? Kind of like yeah. opening yeah. this once upon a time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember my childhood being this orange, but mm-hmm. she's she's narrating it and she's already so likable. You're just like, oh yeah, I'm, I want to spend 90 minutes with this person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the childhood book did say Sleeping Beauty. Like the book that oh. the dad was reading to little Lucy. Oh, so funny. Oh. I looked very close this time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's such a... I, I completely missed that. Usually I'm the one catching these things. So I'm really excited. Um, I'll have to watch it again. <laughs> it's just really like, without, awesome. without, don't put Ricky through another relaunch then. I don't know. <laughs> no, he has to watch it until he falls in love with it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, he might wish you were sleeping, Beauty. <laughs> one thing also that I was thinking with the fairy tale, it's like he just all he wants is for her to wake up. And for her, it's like kind of a nightmare countdown. And like, he's yeah. awake and she starts running in the other direction. <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> she's in the just, back when he's like looking over everyone's faces and she's in the back like who are you and over everyone's face is amazing the dad's like up a thumbs up and the mom's like crying and yeah. like hi yeah <laughs> who are you and he'll look at her and the dad goes he has amnesia <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that's where the dad's mind goes rather than uh you know that, I, I wrote that down yeah. back when I was trying to write notes I don't know what happened to them mm-hmm. but I did write down I love that the first thing they think is that he has amnesia and not that she is this crazy person who uh, pretends to be engaged to him yeah it's yeah. interesting because the movie does like it starts off being like oh life doesn't work out the way you planned and you think it's like the beginning of a tragedy Mm-hmm. but it it's that she fell in love with peter but married or she wanted to marry peter but fell in love with back mm-hmm. then that's who she ends up um flying to florence with yeah her first he's like jack gave me that he gave me the gift of the world he flew me to florence for a honeymoon and it's like it's like that you can hear her just listen to her narrating and it's it's like very like I'm saying this and it's a little cringy and I feel like if I read it in a script I'd be like ooh that's cringy <laughs> because Sandra Bullock is just so it's just endearing when she says yeah, it it's very awesome. endearing yeah it's she sells it very well mm-hmm. it's very different to some of like we already mentioned the proposal but I can't help but think of another Sandra Bullock movie um, which we probably will not do because it's not a rom com is um, Miss Congeniality. 
Yeah, that character miscongeniality. No, he's like considered too abrasive. Too like she. She's like very sweethearts, and then there's like a run where she is kind of like rougher characters. Um, that the heat. She's not a likable character in Crash. Um, yeah, Crash. Yeah, no, she's not likable in Crash. She's likable in Blindside, but she's a little bit of a ball buster. Like it's interesting later in her career, she plays like much more assertive, I think. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think she's a really great actress. I'm not surprised that she has yeah, two Oscars. I mean, she won an Oscar for driving a bus. <laughs> oh, she did. I didn't know she won an Oscar for she won speed. an Oscar for speed. I've mm. never seen speed. Oh, it's yeah. so good. It's not a rom com though. I have seen the Lake House. Oh, she's likable in Lake House. She mm-hmm. is, but it's a, it's a tough watch. Yeah, I didn't love it. It's in the rom-com genre where like the two leads have barely any screen time together. Yeah, right. I think that I was just work. like- I mean, That can work. I like serendipity, but I do not like Lake House. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All I can remember in the Lake House really liking is her haircut. I wanted that haircut. I thought it was very 2010 or whatever the Lake House All right, well, maybe I wanted the haircut in 2010, Mary. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm trying to be fashionable. Well, it's probably going to come back because all the hairstyles are coming back. So yeah. just wait a few more years. Actually, like, I'm pretty sure I'm sporting Lucy's haircut in, while you were sleeping. I'm pretty sure I was like, I've been sporting all of 2020. So uh, I thought her hair, she, she, she had the whole quarantining, hunkering down, lockdown mode, like that. She was ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, sorry. Yeah. Next in cast, who do we have? So Peter Gallagher, is there anyone else you could have imagined in that role? I thought he was so good. And, yeah. you know, I, I haven't seen all of it. I discovered the show very late, but like OC, he's also a very beloved, oh, yeah. character, also a lawyer, but like total polar opposite in terms, he's actually Jewish. He's Sandy Cohen in that movie. Oh. Um, so I think he can really like transform but yeah, I mean, obviously he's not given as much to do. He's asleep basically the whole movie. But I thought it was a really good casting choice. He's also in this movie I like that is nobody likes called Center Stage. And he's I've also never seen it. It's I like forgot a body was in that. And he, yeah, and he's kind of a jerk in that too. And I think he's a believable, like still lovable, but he's believable as a jerk. Like, you know, you can see a world where he is this like Chicago high flying. God. I think he's someone that like it could be very easy to hate on him because he has this look and walks this walk mm-hmm. but then when you like but he has layers and yeah I feel like Lucy uncovered those layers and pe- like that even though he's not the love interest but that I really do like that dialogue between them mm-hmm. because you see how she's able to you can tell she's going to be a great sister-in-law for him yeah I think he, really he'll meet at- someone better than Ashley Oh my god, even his family's like, you proposed to a married woman? Like, what? And then the grandma's going around taking pictures. That was the funniest. She's like, are you doing okay? And she just snaps his photo. Oh yeah, I love well, that line. And like, if you go back to the tropes, I mean, this is why it works so well when you have two brothers, one woman, the brothers have to be night and day. Um, yeah. And that's where like the kind of interest and energy comes from. So I mentioned Moonstruck, Legend of the Falls, which is more drama. Um, than comedy and actually like technically three brothers but two brothers mm-hmm. get embroiled in it um dan in real life and then also yeah. and also family stone i was gonna say oh, that that's yeah you, you literally read my mind because if we're talking about christmas movies i do love family stone and it's a similar dynamic of one very buttoned up 
yeah. city boy brother and then one more like laid back the Luke Wilson character longer hair you know just all that different and looks this, different personalities. this is something that's interesting to me when it comes to like just dating and love because at no point was I ever in my life torn between two completely opposite people and I, I'm like, Mary, you, I know you've dated a lot of guys. I don't know, like, what, but I feel like what happened with me, and I dated a lot of guys before. Sorry, I didn't mean to make you sound that. <laughs> just outing you as a, as a player. I haven't dated but a job. I'm just saying, like, so how when I dated, what would happen was, like, initially when I first started dating in, like, my early, like, early 20s, late teens, yeah. like, there was a huge variety because I was trying to figure out what I liked. And as I, yeah. like, continued dating, they eventually started becoming more, more and more common. Well, you know what I will say with Lisa saying, you know, how could she kind of like both of them? She doesn't know Peter at all. Right, she, right. If she knew him, she got to know him. I don't think she'd have that same crush. The way that she was able to sort of nurse her crush and let it flourish so much, and I can't understand this and relate to this, you know, someone that you know in a very passerby kind of way, you can project anything you want onto them because sort of the less you know them, the easier it is to sort of feel like, oh, I could fall for this person. Yeah, yeah. literally no so, idea. A little bit like a dream. You know, we go back yeah. to the, you know, she built, yeah, fantasy. Like mm-hmm. Prince at Prince, like she just built him up. Fairy tale. Mind. Yeah, she's, so, she's the hero. Yeah. Right, right. So she was able to just sort of um, put all these things on him. But yeah, I mean, I think- And that's I not fair to him that. either. Poor Peter Gallagher. Oh my gosh, this podcast is taking a turn. <laughs> <laughs> Mary's gonna be like all oh, my childhood dreams see I knew what I was talking about back then <laughs> no I mean I I mean I I appreciate Jack and Lucy together but you know you can see where if she didn't know anything about him she would think Peter Gallagher was this great guy I mean I didn't even remember the line um or until I watched again about how he gives up his seat and I was like whoa she's really watching him and she's watching him get onto the train and then give up his seat to someone on the train like I just thought she was kind of giving him you know to get taking the token yeah. and goes on his way but it's like mm-hmm. she's just been tracking him basically as you know for however long she can as long as he's an eye line um all right so then the next person to talk about is our male lead um Bill Pullman do you think any like what do you think about his casting in the role of Jack so another bit of trivia, um, Matt, a young Matthew McConaughey, like, uh, you know, fresh from Texas, was just um, starting to audition. And I can see that. Yeah. And so no. casting, casting, <laughs> casting was no. like, he, is, he would be so good, but he couldn't lose the Texas accent. Um, and they couldn't, the writers couldn't figure out a way of why he's give a Texas accent. He's in the Chicago family. <laughs> um, he must yeah. have been really green if he couldn't lose the accent. Well, he like, says he, he says he could, but, um, you know, everyone else was just a little too nervous because they hadn't heard it non-accent. Interesting. So that's why he lost it, basically. That's right. what they say. That's, that's the lore. Well, I, I say I can see that only because I know he's obviously very different look and everything than Bill Pullman. But this- oh, Ed TV, another Brothers, yeah. Brothers oh, yeah. rom-com. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say he definitely has the accent in Ed TV and it works for Ed TV because he's supposed to be like this hick. But, uh, you know, as far as just the phenotype of like this strapping, rugged guy, like I can see Matthew McConaughey being up for those same roles. I, I definitely can. Um, I guess Matthew McConaughey just seems too sharp to me. Maybe I'm just thinking of him too much in Dallas Buyers Club where he's like just too like has these like sharp looks and then Bill Pullman like there's something even his name like the like he's like 
smooth edges like I think, it's I think comfortable to me like Matthew McConaughey looks like it would like hurt to hug him like if you're slipping on the <laughs> ice with him like his elbow would like poke me in the wrong place oh, he used to be more he used to be more normal looking like a la Bradley Cooper but I do think Matthew McConaughey would be more believable in this movie as a furniture salesman than he was in Wedding Planner as a so, doctor to split the difference I think Matthew McConaughey you know, maybe had the personality and like the background could kind of sell the jack but I do think the looks maybe would have been a little bit distracting if part of Bill Pullman's like how is he the ugly how he's gone to script yeah yeah and I don't know has Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman been in anything else together because I just feel like I cannot shrug off their chemistry even now like just I mean the lean oh my god that lean I mean they don't kiss they don't kiss until well I guess they mistletoe but you actually don't see kiss until like the very last Yes. Well, I, another kind of like rom-com thing is like maybe sometimes the and go back to the proposal like the first quote-unquote first official kiss is like the um accidental kiss or the right. kiss to like get everyone to be quiet or to you know and then um but there, that doesn't happen you don't even get like a fake kiss in this movie and that's why it's like it feels so special because it's just like building up building up to that yeah. of when yeah. it's gonna happen and it's actually one thing I realized because it's like you said they don't really kiss until the end and he proposes and it's like he's known her two weeks and here we go it's a very chaste movie you yeah know? Like yeah obviously sexual situations that are hinted at um but they have a ton of chemistry without really anything happening between them despite all the on screen it's, it's all I looks. that's why yeah. I just I can't imagine anyone other than Bill Pullman doing that like mm-hmm. yeah I mean you guys are not gonna like agree with this take but I did think sometimes Bill Pullman was a little bit overacted a little bit too much over the top i don't know what I mean, what? Yeah. what give me an example I I, that's why i wish i had my notes um uh, just oh yeah listeners just, mary just, lost like, her notes so she's doing this sounds no you'll have to give us yeah. feedback on what you think yeah, yeah. You're should she go should she memory. ditch the notes forever <laughs> or are we too disorganized <laughs> I, I don't know I think we're equally <laughs> disorganized but I just I don't know the, the quality of the pod what it's going to be without notes yeah no what I will say is basically whenever he was like had a ratchet tat sometimes he'd be like da 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 like I just thought it was a little bit much you know who's his favorite three stooges like it just was a bit I don't know that's everyone's favorite I thought it was a bit of detective like I thought he was kind of like getting excited because he was like oh, I'm almost about to bust uh, I'm, thinking yeah. of a, I'm thinking of a scene in her hallway it might have been with her well I mean he also remembered those after he's that Joe Jr. introduced himself as Lucy's boyfriend oh yeah right so there's a bit of like questioning and yeah, uh, trust yeah I, don't, I don't I think he's great in this. I'm just, I was a little bit like- I guess uh, the, ro- the romantic in me likes to think that the quote unquote overacting is him just so eager to prove Lucy is not the fiance so that he can, you know, embrace the feeling. Yeah, was, maybe, oh, that was gonna be my question. Yeah, maybe that he was saying it under the guise of trying to protect Peter, but really he just, he wanted her. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. I agree with Lucy in the sense of he might not even consciously know that's the case, but that is his motivation. But I'm kind of with Lucy, like you would be offended if someone was like, I just can't even picture a world where my brother would, you know, it's mean. Uh, yeah. that was a really heartbreaking scene because yeah. she's just like like you know that she already isn't the most confident person. She's already very shy and she goes so the only world where he would want to marry someone like me and but that's not his intention what he means to say is like he doesn't date women like you like i date women like you Mm -hmm. yeah he all exactly all but says that 
But yeah, I mean, I thought that was really harsh. Like I literally was like, oh, when, you know, she said that, but also just, um, you know, sometimes she is like weirdly truthful when she says he's like, oh, you've got Peter. And she's like, I'm, I've got no one. I'm all alone. Or, yeah. That was another like powerful moment. Yeah. Yeah. She's, and she is normally when I watch movies, I don't like when the lead, like, I don't like leads that are goody two shoes. Like I generally, mostly characters I like, whether it's books or movies, like have these flaws. Yeah. Like I still stand by Daenerys Targaryen. Burn them all down. Don't give a shit. Only Game of Thrones <laughs> reference will get this. I, I don't know what's going on at all. Yeah, she just, she, she ends up burning a lot of people. <laughs> very fatal, very, very flawed character. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lucy's just one of those like really genuinely good characters that well, I really like. Well, she gets caught up in the spiral of lies yeah. and webs that like yeah, people, other people are starting to create. She's not even creating anymore. She's not creating it, but she's like, usually, like, she's like, I don't like Superman. He's too good. Like, make him, come, like, make him do something bad and then maybe I'll like him. Like, there's a reason, like, I prefer Batman over Superman. But, like, Lucy, like, she's just, she's not, like, for some reason, it's not obnoxious to me. It maybe has to do with the humbleness. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, but it just that's I don't and again I don't know if that's an attestment to Sandra Bullock's acting. Like maybe I love Meg Ryan. You guys may remember from our previous podcast. Like I I will still say, you know, you've got males an amazing movie, even though like Wait, have you seen French Kiss, Halia? Yeah, I love okay. French yeah, that's Kiss. Another I know that's not a favorite yeah. either. Like no, I, just I, Meg Ryan's that's a favorite it. of mine, but yeah. It's so good, but it's not like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not unanimously loved. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know how, like, I honestly don't know if, if maybe if Meg Ryan did this role, if I maybe would have loved it as much. Maybe just like being yeah, that cute pixie, I like maybe she would have been too, and then you can't have her too pretty now. Like maybe it was just yeah, that they bumped that, I, I don't know. I would say it is hard to picture this movie, actually with all the leads, like all the leads are like, oh, that's someone I recognize and they do a good job and I've seen them in other stuff. But it's hard to picture this movie, especially without Sandra Bullock. And I would not underestimate, you know, her role in making it as good as it is. I mean, obviously it's mm-hmm. a good good characters, good script, all that, but she does a really good job in it, I thought. And she's basically has to carry the movie. She's in almost every scene. Mm-hmm. So would you guys, I mean, I think I already know the answer to this question. Would you guys be friends with the female lead? Yeah. She's lonely. Yeah. I mean, she seems very selfless, down to earth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I would want to like... I remember I forgot which episode it was we talked about one episode where we would maybe be friends with the female lead but knowing the limitations in the friendships well oh it was a Notting Hill it was Notting Hill we talked about it in this case I would be like I would be like best friend yeah of all the people (laughs) we've talked about you think she's like you'd be the closest friends with yeah yeah um, um yeah, I can like I see us meeting in the hospital I mean I would totally be that nurse that would try and hook her up with I don't know I think I, I would be the sister I, I kind of related to her and not just because her name was Mary oh yeah um, that was funny just, wait just, speaking like, of casting did anyone else think the sister looks familiar no I couldn't she's her. been in, she's been in other things but I, I didn't so I did check IMDb. I didn't recognize anything else she'd been yeah. in. And then I think, I think it says she just looks a lot like- um, She reminded me of someone. She reminded me. And I, I think it was from um, the daughter in um, Gilmore Girls. 
Oh, that's Maybe. a good call. Interesting. She, yeah. like, she looks like straight Rory. hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and there are other cast members too. I'm like, they looked familiar enough, but yeah. I couldn't figure out like, well, the mom, yeah, Peter's I, mom, I Mrs. I Callahan. I figured out. Wait, say that again, Mary. I thought I recognized Jerry. I thought he was in something, and I was like, no, I think he just looks like someone I know. But uh, I he was he- actually so it's funny. He's the judge in Liar Liar. I recently saw that, and oh, he was there. No. So that was kind of funny. It kind of reminded well, me. We, of... we know that we know Mr. Cal- Callahan, Peter's Peter and Jack's dad is from Everybody Loves Raymond. I've yeah. never seen that. Oh, it's so good, and he's so I... funny. He's like the same character. Oh, I do love the dad. The dad is like maybe my favorite character. Yeah, he's. Uh, we'll come back to Unsung Heroes, but <laughs> well, um, he's. I mean, yeah, he's I can... incredibly well casted for that no, role. He's like that rough, like you can't imagine anyone else saying, "You're in love with me." Yeah. <laughs> Or saying, you know, well, like, I liked so your smile. Scary. And he's like, they're caps, $600. Like, you know, you can't imagine anyone else doing that. Except mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, almost like maybe um, Larry David, but Larry David would almost be too much. Yeah, I could see that. Because that lovable factor that Larry David doesn't quite have. Also, mm-hmm. he, he definitely looks way too Jewish. And I'm pretty sure that Callahan was Catholic. Yeah, and after, that was something I thought was again i noticed this time around watching i thought the catholicism was played um heavier a, yeah the, they they remembered a yeah showed a mass yeah um again, someone i was watching with mentioned how actually that was a little inaccurate like they sat down at the wrong uh, part oh. per se they're, you know they're catholics but they're like talking the entire <laughs> yeah like, yeah oh and then like how he fudged it over by doing chairs to the priest right 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 yeah these kind of like little illusions yeah i just insidery well did they and did they even do it on christmas it looked like they went to mass not because they thought they're in the hospital on christmas day yeah no it shows them later i think but it's funny because they're catholic but then there's some stories and kind of jokes and sidelines you know thrown in there that are like you know they're a little bit body a little bit like um you know like to have fun whatever they're not kind of buttoned up there's something with mary where she's like way to go grandma or something like that like oh when mary's <laughs> when grandma says that she like was oh, hooking yeah. up with this one actor that dinner yeah. scene i'm telling yeah. you the dinner scene was like a little hidden gem like i could yeah. watch this scene over and over again yeah like that scene and like just you know the whole thing with them thinking she's pregnant and kind of right and understanding but there- that of course she would know if he had one testicle i was like okay like they're, they're catholic but they're and- a little bit yeah, but then also, I mean, there were just these like brief little religious allusions, like the Saul saying to Peter, you know, he's your guardian angel. And mm-hmm. then um, Peter saying to Jack, if you were a priest right now, I confess. Um, so you kind of, uh, you know, you do get these nods. That's what I'm curious to hear. About. Yeah, I didn't find much on the screenwriters, but yeah. Professional scene with Lucy just pouring all this stuff out to Peter, who she knows is a lockbox because he can't, he does not even. Yeah. To, or recall any of it so she just starts opening up and um the truth comes pouring out yeah so then i guess my next question would be would you guys well we have two like you know we have our main man lead but would you guys date peter callahan no <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> Mary. This is something where I sense my age. <laughs> we're the same he's gonna be like, yeah, Do tell, a lawyer. Like, he's obviously doing well. Like, maybe his choice in women isn't that great. 
but like if he's willing to better himself his family has a good family like just on paper like you like you know then it's like okay your choice of woman's great um no i mean obviously peter is not the great guy that jack is but i think that he has potential yeah i think if he like worked on himself a bit but like how terrible can he be when he comes from that family right and i think that's kind of part of it and also just I really like the idea of, I don't know why, I just really like the idea of Lucy and Peter, like Peter being her brother-in-law and her having that throwaway, even though it's the ending line, yeah. just like Peter asked me once when I fell in love with Jack, and I love when they say the title in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah me too. That's one, one of the best. Lines. You know, we talk about movie. first lines, we talk about first lines in books, and we talk about first lines in movies, right. but I think this, but this is one of the best last lines. Yeah. You can picture Peter just, exactly, it just absolutely sticks the landing. Yeah, it gave me chills, yeah. Yeah, it was so good. And you can picture Peter just, you know, being like, how? Like, when did you fall in love with Jack? Like, it's just this, like, this is yeah. so bad. But we're Jack not asking isn't like Mary that sweeping, Lucy sweeping and no, Peter asking about you. No, I mean, he's like, Peter's, he's sort of offended, but he's also sort of impressed and, like, flummoxed when he's like, you took my fiance out from under me, you know, right. at the wedding. Yeah. Jack? <laughs> <laughs> He was just aloof he's goofy maybe he's a little lost like i'm sure he's not getting the best influence from his lawyer friends i don't know i'm just saying that like i'd like to defend him a bit and mary i'm not asking remember i'm not asking if lucy should marry him i'm saying would you date peter callahan uh well, apparently he doesn't date he just gets engaged <laughs> <laughs> i i just i don't see it and you know no engagement or wedding is going to end well when it's like acceptance is what the hey i'll marry you what the hey i I will marry you i will marry you the emphasis on well emphasis is very emphasis is very important this movie because they say fiance like she's the fiance she's the fiance like they say it all these different ways yeah Um, yeah i think i would i think i would go on a date if i were living in chicago and met peter on the train tracks like sure but he is like that guy in a nice coat and sweater. I mean, there was a guy on The Bachelorette this season that everyone made fun of because he had, you know, this fancy coat and um, like white sweater. And Peter had that exact, or sorry, scarf. And Peter had that exact scarf in red on Christmas Day. Like, it's just, he's like, you know, just that guy who's dressed really I'm, well. I'm just saying that if any woman was to look at Peter Callahan yeah. and say like, no, never, they're lying to themselves. <laughs> Yeah, I believe mean, Amy, she, Amy she has a bit on that in her leather special where she talks about how some women, she likes Bradley Cooper and she's like in person, he's just unbelievably good looking. And she said, when some, you know, women say to me, oh, Bradley Cooper just doesn't do it for me. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like you have to see <laughs> And that, that's, I think how I feel about Peter Callahan. I think by any standard, you know, just Chicago or wherever you put him, like he's definitely this eligible bachelor look um so yeah i mean i think just that's the whole thing with peter right very surface level surface level not knowing anything about him yeah of course you date him while he's sleeping you'd be be okay being mistaken for his fiance i don't know i mean (laughs) if it's the same family i guess i I would definitely fall in love with the family i love them yeah Mm -hmm. um so then that kind of leads to the next one which is what about jack callahan would you date slash marry jack callahan so listeners mary made a cute little frown <laughs> wow i'm getting out of on this podcast well, all sorts of ways. I'll, I'll, ju- I'll jump in 
I'll jump in here for a second. Lisa, save me. Yeah, here, here you go. Um, so here's what I'll say. Like, I guess the appeal of Bill Pullman slash Jack is his chemistry with Lucy. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. It's really hard for me to separate him totally from totally. Lucy. Yeah. Like in a world where I'm stealing him from Lucy or something. Right, I know. Like, I, 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 like I can't exist. No. I like them together, but I also, yeah, it's not like Jack looks like someone that you would necessarily pick out of a lineup. And then, you know, going back to like boyfriends and people we have dated, can I say I've dated a furniture salesman or furniture maker? Like, no, like that's not, you know, my typical, but I think he's a great guy. I think um, under the right circumstances, but yeah, no, I mean, he's not going to be like in my top from, you know, the guy, the men of these podcasts who I want to date. I think. So it's interesting to say, have you ever dated a furniture salesman or furniture craftsman? So I haven't dated a furniture craftsman, but I have dated a contractor, like a construct, not a construction, like he, he was like a landscaper contractor. Yeah. yeah. So probably close. Yeah. Um, so I guess you guys know, like my answer is like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is going to make me sound elitist, but I don't even think I've dated anyone without a bachelor's degree, like minimum. Um, but you know part of that is i think a function of like the circles you travel in and who you meet yeah. that sort of thing and this is like a movie so anything's possible um but yeah i mean i think he's very obviously the better guy the better kind of more solid guy and i agree with lisa like the chemistry with lucy is so good it's hard to even picture yourself in her yeah shape. i think that's i would date him except for that i think yes. lisa that's you've hit the nail on the head yeah. um that it's just hard to separate him from that where I almost feel like it's not that he's not good enough for me, but I'm just like, I just can't, I can't see us together. I, I want to like be their friend, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Them as a couple. Um, yeah. Although can you I want to set him up with my friend Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole fantasy world. But yeah, I mean, can you imagine being at a party and meeting them and be like, how'd you guys meet? And it's like, wow, funny story. <laughs> No, oh my god, be the cutest. <laughs> what? Um, oh so I think that takes us though to unsung heroes. Who is your? I think we all, we all may have the same unsung hero. We've already kind of talked about. I have. Uh, a, we've kind of scratched the surface of it. But who is your unsung hero? I have a few, but I I'll let you guys go first because I have kind of two in mind. I think one is just my favorite, and then one is like an unsung hero. All right, Lisa, you go. Uh, what is Saul the person you were thinking of, Helia? I was thinking of Saul. Okay, yeah. Oh, you so guys have the same page. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Saul. I mean, it is couldn't happen without good. Saul. Like nothing so could have happened. I've got, a, I've got someone else that could. He's happen. really instrumental. Um, trying to think. I do like Saul, but I mean, um, Joe Junior just pops like on yeah. the screen. So I, yeah. I think like collectively, yeah, we've all appreciated um Saul's presence and then this next, kind of yeah. that tells you how unique this movie is compared to other rom-coms where like yes the leads do You're stand so on a really heavy supportive yes. cast You're like so you colorful. really can't have yeah. um You're so you really can't have the movie without any of it but like a lot of like I mean if you think of um I already referenced it but like you've got male you really you can do without most of the supporting characters yeah I mean I yeah. like co-workers but I agree with you Helia most rom-coms it's like they're interchangeable like everyone yeah. is kind of second tier they're sort of interchangeable and these characters are so you get to know them they're well drawn they're lively 
they seem like you hit their background you can't imagine the movie without they're not interchangeable whatsoever right like you couldn't put them in another movie and it'd be the same movie no like if you took joe jr out of the movie there'd be like something missing yeah and i like how joe jr is also single and trying to find love i mean in a way he's like he's the counterpoint to lucy and he's like you know she's kind of sad about it and he's he's kind of laughing about it. i mean it just is like just yeah two different takes or outlooks on it even ashley's important yeah, she is. I like how she like. Well, I don't know. There's some physical slapstick comedy in this yes. movie, um, and so I like how she like almost like slips in the uh, like hallway. Yeah. She's running so fast. She is so mad to like you know. She's so, but then when she says like, but he says he wants she wants his stuff back or her stuff back, and he wants his. Oh yeah. And she was like, fine. Then you can have these. Like gesturing at her breasts. How long have they been dating that he's financed two like kind of lengthy recovery from plastic surgeries? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely would not put her in my top even 10 for Unsung Hero, but she was funny. I mean, she was going to break up the wedding. Fair enough. Yeah. If Lucy didn't have the balls to do it, and Jack obviously didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, so, Lisa. So, yeah, that's Joe Jr. Joe Jr. Yeah. Wow. What about you, Mary? Well, it's funny. There's so many good characters. I have two totally different ones. All right. Um, so I don't think Unsung Hero is the right descriptor, but I have to give a shout out. I love the dad. Like I, yeah. along with Joe Jr., I laughed at everything the dad said, you know, just in terms of, and hell, you've probably experienced this before. Sometimes people are hysterical in hospital. They just repeat everything you say and they can't even take anything in because they're so freaking out. Yeah. So they're saying, oh, this is color. Yeah, exactly. It's got color. It's got color in him. You're just repeating everything Sandra Bullock <laughs> says. But also just, you know, they come in and it's like, oh, his brainwaves have good activity. He's like, brainwaves? They're all like, brainwaves? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, that is, we've all come across that family member yes, in the hospitals. Everything is so hysteric. <laughs> well, what's he, and then there's a lot of humor in it, even though his son, you know, it's this really sad situation where he's in a coma. Yeah. And maybe they're better at coping at it because they are around death all the time. That's what I thought of when Lisa brought that up. I didn't, I didn't think oh, about it. Oh yeah, but they like scope the obituaries. Yeah, but he has this throw. Even the way he like, talks about the obituaries, like, oh, that lady finally went. It's very mm-hmm. matter of fact, and and just how why does he have a TV? He's in a coma, you know. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was funny. I thought so. I thought, of course, you know, we all touched on. You're in love with me, you know. Like he's just mm-hmm. really funny. He didn't know that random uncle was. But, you know, so I or Mary, with, go to your room. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, agree, I agree with Saul. You know, you yeah, you can't have it happen with him. But my unsung hero is Wanda the nurse because the misunderstanding. Oh, yeah. He doesn't even get to the hospital bed at his side. Everyone thinking she's a fiance. If that nurse doesn't overhear. Yeah. And um, let her, you know, because they, they, basically she had all the power. And she's a gatekeeper. And yeah. It did seem believable that she'd be like, oh yeah, I'm not his family, but I'm, you know, and she's so distraught, she can't get out. And I just love the line where she's like, uh, the next time you're talking to yourself, remind yourself you're single and end the conversation. <laughs> that was like mic drop. Like I thought that was so good. So yeah, I basically don't have a movie without Wanda the nurse. And she's also, like, yeah, she's when she's she's almost like a, the audience like we're so invested in the whole thing and so is she yeah when she brings lucy and she's like let him hear your voice and it's just like <laughs> i mean he's not gonna know any she's like the best friend who's like already planning her you know like made yeah. speech. she's like telling the police officer yeah she saved his life 
if we mention Wanda, we have to talk about that jerk doctor, which again, Mary, I don't know if you've come across someone like him. And so my, my like, I don't mean to offend any cardiologists that may be listening. (laughs) And I don't know if that doctor was a cardiologist, but I swear that conversation with him having that stick up his ass, being like only family in the room and like just being such a jerk to her. I've had, I've interacted with multiple doctors like that. Yeah. And pretty much all of them were cardiologists. I mean, which is I critical think, care too. So they probably would be in an ICU setting. Say, my money would be on crit care. You could even make a case for neurology, but it's not a neurology oh, yeah. personality. Um, no, you know what I would say that they captured, and this is kind of funny, even though um, I don't even. I did have like a cringe reaction to him, where I was like, "Oh." But you know what I think that is a real thing in hospitals and medicine and the hierarchy of medicine that they did capture that um, is a real thing. I don't even think they meant to, and they just happened to get it right. Uh, how I've noticed this in the hospital, people learn something two seconds ago and they're immediately correcting someone else about that thing they just learned and taking it as gospel. That happens oh, yeah. all the yeah. time. So when he finds out from the nurse and he's like, she's the fiance, you idiot. You know, I was just like, oh my God, he's wrong. And he doesn't, he's so confident. And people confidently <laughs> say things wrong all oh the time. Rounds, they hear it from one person. So I thought that was funny because I was like, oh my God, just all of a sudden. Oh my God. And then the intern has to go in the room and correct everyone. And then it's uncomfortable. And yeah. I'm, not tra- I'm not traumatized at all, guys. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was funny. And I have to say, it just, it could have been really sad in the way that big sick is but i love the hospital scenes they were pretty darn funny it's just everything everything that i feel like something the- that like doctors um get criticized for is you know our sense of humor when we work but honestly like you kind of we kind of have to keep it yeah and i feel like maybe that's why you and i appreciate especially and then now that we know that maybe this is a more common thing now that um lisa's educated us on the, the parallels between tragedy and humor like I love that I like I, I mean I was trying to make myself coin with that because it's just it feels so relevant and real I, I was talking about this today people at work you know humor is a coping mechanism for dealing with really yeah. serious things so it's just natural and we cry when we laugh we cry when we're sad we yeah the overlaps um I, I'll tell like you know I'll come home and I'll tell something to Ricky that like a doctor said but I'm saying it like not as a shock thing and you can just see the look on his face like I can't believe he said that I'm like honestly like it's really easy to criticize us but like when you're just standing on your feet all day dealing with something if you're not like talking about this annoying thing and making jokes at it like you're gonna burn out i mean i even liked how the older doctor in the movie is wearing some sort of christmas sweater or some sort of like knitted sweater because it kind of like gave him more of a humanness yeah yeah which is important i think and and, in the holiday this was my first um holiday season as as a resident and i and you know when and when I was my last last year, which was my last holiday where I was guaranteed off as a student, and I kind of warned my family, I'm like, you know, moving forward, this things may change. And this is even before the pandemic. Right. <laughs> so I may have to work. And I know, Mary, you've been in similar situations already, like having to pick between which holidays are you going to have off. And this Christmas, I did work. Like, I worked Christmas Day and the day after Christmas. So even if 
even if there was no pandemic, I wouldn't have been able to travel. I don't think it would have been worth for my family to come. And um, so I think that's just like another reason why having this movie, yeah, watching it was um, it just like it, for me, it was like just felt very relevant. And it took place in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they talk about I'm, like you know they're spending their Christmas day in an ICU, yeah. and they make it seem very quick. But the truth is, it's not that quick. Like you're in the room for a long time. And it usually takes a long time for the doctor to come in and talk to you. Um, So, all right, so we have, I think what I'm getting from the conversation with the Unsung Heroes is this is a movie where the um, importance of characters is is pretty spread out. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a case for almost anyone shy of like mary or the grandma like being an unsung i don't know i feel like the mayor if you didn't have the mayor grandma's heart to worry about i oh i forgot to shout out the grandma there is a line i like where you know she's just completely talking over lucy and lucy said two words about how she you know met peter and she hasn't said anything and they're like let her tell it and she goes she is telling it then she just keeps talking (laughs) it's so cute i love it um it was good but yeah I mean I think that that's something that does make this this movie unique and in some ways I think the reason we we joke about like the tight 90 minutes something that as a podcast we cannot seem to adhere to no so (laughs) but for the movie I think maybe that's why you know they they have this very like well-developed cast but they somehow still manage to put everything in in Mm -hmm. under two hours Mm -hmm. um they really these characters really come out because they've trimmed so much fat um, all right, so that takes us to the next um, phase, I guess, if you will, of our um, of our cast, which is the Bechtel test. Mary. Oh yeah. Or Lisa, you're oh. um, academically minded. I feel like maybe Lisa should in this case. Sure. The tough part is that um, Lisa There's doesn't. Not many have, women. Yeah, Lisa doesn't have a lot of scenes with um, just another female character. So you're already, it's already shrunk now from the possibilities. So I'm going to propose a question to you, Lucy. Does it make it less of a movie? I don't think so, because as I said, she is definitely the hero, the protagonist. It's a female-driven movie. Um, It's not like all of her happiness is because she found this guy. It's because she is opening up her world and she's with a family and it's, it's not all about the romance. Um, so I, I still don't think it necessarily takes away from the film, but to keep it a tight 90 minutes, if her only interactions, and I think they are, with female characters are like Celeste and Mary and like the mom, like it's like, of course they're going to talk about the male characters. Um, Wait, really- you mentioned Mary. She does have a five second interaction with Mary where she's like, oh, if you need help with that history. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. <laughs> Yeah, but so I can see, uh, like, I, you can tell, like, Mary would love to have her as a sister-in-law. Yeah, because Mary, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I mean, you know, obviously the parents and the grandma and Saul are great, but she is kind of alone. There's no other young woman. Jack doesn't have a girlfriend, and she's so much younger than both of the brothers. Yeah. I don't think they ever really explain or anything. So mm-hmm. she's probably so excited to, you know, have this, like, big sister that she really doesn't have right it's now. It's not Ashley Bacon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
and she goes like Ashley Bacon wouldn't really be a good big sister. Actually, I mean, obviously Sarah Jessica Parker is a nicer person, but Ashley Bacon is, is reminded me a little bit of the Meredith character in Family Stone. She's just like sort of this uptight. Uptight. Yeah. 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 Um, it also is like uh, what is it with um, Lucy? It is does a little bit like Mary said a love story between her and the family. Uh, and that sort of lightens the pressure off of the male lead. But it's also interesting of like, you know, if she wanted an easy guaranteed pass into the family, I mean, she was right there on the cusp of marrying um, Peter. She didn't know exactly how Jack felt. Reminds, yeah. I'm thinking of it now, it reminds me a little bit of, of like Little Women, which actually might pass the Bechdel test. I did think um, about But Lori. how that, the, yeah, Lori's like, I will be in this family. Like, whatever, have, whichever sister about, I have to marry, I want to be in this family. And we've joked about that with guys before. Nobody that has ended up in the family but you know just people that they just you know like they like to be around the family they like the siblings and obviously it's not interchangeable that they would necessarily marry any of the siblings but I do think it is a real thing of falling in love with a family um just as much as the person yeah I can see I can see guys falling in love with your family because I have um all right so we kind of talked about tropes for a bit um are there any like tropes that you guys wanted to talk about that we didn't um we kind of talked about how it's accumulation of tropes yeah no I mean I think there were a few I wouldn't say anti-trope but there were some kind of tongue-in-cheek like not picturesque things like that I didn't notice until watching this time like if you guys saw in the opening credits like someone falls on the ice skating rink and I was just like oh like yeah kind of moved on from it um but I don't, yeah, I don't know if there's any other trope that is like a stone unturned that we haven't touched on yet. Yeah, I think we talked a lot about trope. It's interesting. We, yeah. talk, we you know, we, we've talked about them a lot, but none of them seemed, um, like, versus like the kissing booth where the tropes were like nauseating. I know. It didn't like, feel as derivative. It was the mid-90s and they weren't, yeah. they weren't nauseated by them yet. It didn't feel as derivative. I think it felt more fresh. And honestly, like the characters and everyone being so offbeat and quirky and st- it, it made it feel less, even though obviously the plot really was formulaic, it kind of distracted you from how formulaic it, it just felt more fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we kind of lived to this. So um, I hope our listeners are offended. That I'm just going to explicitly say it, but this, this movie is, is, it is a fairy tale. Like, you know, it's, it's inspired by Sleeping Beauty, which I've learned I didn't know that but that it makes so much sense um, yeah not exactly it sucks for me but even like the nature of it being like a simple like once upon a time middle and a nice end like it ends with a wedding and um they do do ride off like with a happily ever after yeah yeah I think it is a little bit of a fairy tale um and I think again like at a time where I I personally feel like I needed a fairy tale yeah, and as mm-hmm. I said, you know, with the coma, it's in the kind of funniest possible light. There's no doubt, like, this is going to be a movie with a very happy ending. I mean, for crying out loud, I couldn't believe the opening song was Everlasting Love. Oh. Like, from Parent Trap, I was like, oh, this is usually an ending credits kind of song, but it's like, this will be. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it does set the tone. Yeah, and that was actually, again, um, something that came up in my viewing crowd is, and watching it when he falls on the tracks, I mean that could be a really dire moment. And the music's like, hey, like kind of zany and dancing. So that that, let, that lets you know it's you know that is sort of comedic. We should be too worried here. Right, yeah. right. We're never too worried. 
hey, sir, there's a train. It's coming. It's fast. It's an express. You know, it's yeah. just it's silly. It kind of makes me think about how, have you guys seen the trailer? Like, you know, the Harry Potter trailers, not the official ones, but you make trailers as if Harry Potter was um, a teen movie. No. Like, no, like a teen um, I haven't seen comedy. That. And basically mm-hmm. what they do is they take the scenes and put upbeat music with them. <laughs> Yeah, because I just think funny that's you funny. say that with the railroad yeah. that's this upbeat, like everything's going to be okay because mm-hmm. they basically, that's what they change when they want to. Yeah, to and a lot of movies. Yeah. It, it changes the whole way you see the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't really talk about music much, but to be honest, for me, it wasn't that like memorable um, other than that intro, like Everlasting Love. Yeah, I, we, mm-hmm. I feel like there's nothing to really talk about. I mean, there was that Christmas in Chicago song, there's a couple Christmas songs, but. For me, the opening um, song was the best. Even the ending song, I actually thought was kind of forgettable. I listened to a little bit. I don't of even it. remember it. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you how it goes. Yes, it's quite a contrast from our other holiday episode where like everything was around the music. Yeah, well, actually. And there were musically inclined characters. I mean, this yeah. is really, like just. Can you imagine Joe Jr. singing? Oh Lord. Oh gosh, maybe that. <laughs> I can imagine yeah. going to karaoke. Yeah, we finally found a Joe Jr. scene that should have been on the cutting room floor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would not have survived. <laughs> Where he serenades to carols to her. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, about, I bet the audience like love Joe Jr. I can imagine like the feedback being just more Joe Jr., you know? Now, the last question I have for you guys is does this movie stand the test of time? If you don't, Yes. Oh, yeah. If you don't, aside from like the dated things, like any cell phone use yeah, or whatever. Say, right. if, you can over, if you can overlook the obviously problematic premise of you know lying about someone, you know, being engaged to someone in a coma and just pretending to know them, you know, that whole thing where she was kind of lying the entire movie. Um, yeah, I, I had no problems watching it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think I, I would lean on how like fairy tales as a genre are a bit timeless because they keep getting yeah. returned to and reinvented and adapted um and so because this is a twist on sleeping beauty in, in a yeah. sense it, it does have a bit of that that classic tinge which i think holds up and yeah. because a lot of it is is looks and and quiet moments and, and not speaking like that carries the day and that translates yeah. super well yeah and a lot of the problems that led to them being there and that situation still exists. Like people are still lonely on the holidays and yeah. her being in Chicago in this situation, like we talked about the financial situation that healthcare yeah. can put in. It's a total fantasy. I mean, we talked about this a little bit, I think just a little bit, you know, we saved it all for you guys, but before we started recording, just how fast everything happens. Mm-hmm. Um, from basically the timeline of Christmas to New Year's, she has this new family. She has this fiance, she gets the Florence honeymoon. Um, and, you know, it's just nothing about it is realistic, but that's kind of the point. Like, it is a fairy tale. And, and a bit soap opera esque, too, which, that, which soaps have stood the t- test test of time, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I love the reveal. Uh, you know, it was so clever to have him just slide in the ring. I, that was a great moment. Oh, that was really yeah, cute. That was like, good. Oh, no better way to propose to someone who has that job. It was almost like a... Um, and that was a really pretty ring. As much as I hated her wedding dress, her ring classic, was really pretty. Classic. It was almost like an officer and a gentleman kind of moment. Like, you know, he kind of there's a moment at the end where 
he kind of saves her from the job and everyone's like rooting for her and da 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 and it's like yeah he can take you away from all this yeah. but she quit yeah. the job before he proposed and i like that mm-hmm. I, yeah she was I, I like that they slipped that in there that she was yeah. like it was her last day she that's, was gonna get back to start like, even mm-hmm. if she wasn't gonna like she she like left she confessed to the family and i think she didn't think that they were gonna re-enter her life but it was the kick for her to be like i have yeah, to get my life back on track yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I argue it is a more female-driven movie. Obviously, you know, it does end in a kind of traditional way rom-coms do, but, you know, she's a, she's a strong character. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So, I mean, those are the major questions that I have. These are our usual, typical yeah. questions I present um, for all of our episodes. Uh, you know, Lisa, this is your first time on here, so. Yeah, um, thanks for having we, me. We'd love yeah. to have you back on. I love the way that... Um, I, I mean, I love the way that you analyze everything. I can, um, <laughs> I can see they're very academically minded, and uh, I think Mary and I, being like, well, we are academics. Um, I we really appreciate, it. and I feel like you're you're like our missing third host. Like, <laughs> you know, have you back. like I'm just like, oh my god, things are happening I, so quick all of a sudden. It's just oh like, yeah, we're we're sleeping. Sleeping. Hey, uh, it's like you you're the now we just have to get your mom on, and then we have your whole. Family. <laughs> That'd be a tough sell. Hell it's yeah. great. I know. I know you're, you're saying that, but maybe we'll maybe well, listen. Join. This is a we, great v- movie. Um, I was thrilled to be on in order to help. Oh, yeah, we're thrilled to have you. it and think of it and go back to the uh-huh. 90s. Is there? Um, but were there any other like questions you guys questions, had? Like questions or any lingering? Like at least among your research, anything come up that? you maybe want to ask our listeners not that anyone like ever answers us hint hint people (laughs) um I don't know I feel like we've we've covered a lot lingering questions um I think I I had one let me try to think uh but uh I just think it's just a powerfully like strong quiet movie um I don't know I really I just I don't have too many questions. And this is something specific for you as like a relative newly, we got married last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so well, now I guess like, yeah, 2019. Yeah. 2019, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, do you feel like there was any, did you see the family dynamic any differently now that your family's doubled in size? Um. Well, it's or funny it's- because as a kid watching it, I did think about, um, my dad's side of the family because there's a lot of like talking a lot of closeness <laughs> and a lot of like a lot of family stone like a lot of parallel conversations yes. happening and I think that's been all the stockings you know it always had all the grandchildren's names on the stockings and everything so um that in a way always kind of resonated with me so I thought more in that context but um yeah I think it's I, I think what really struck me now you know with somewhat newly-ish wed is um you know the larger definition of family and how yeah. you know and we start with that like, kind of uh, annoying you know stuck up doctor uh you know saying you know family only and then yeah. you go back to that she is family you know kind of like pushes yeah pushes yeah. them to the to the side of how you know someone is bearing in and does become you know wholeheartedly embraced um welcomed in and is you know a well, member oh that reminds me of my lingering that's question. beautiful yeah it is a fluid definition and Saul is family even though he's really yeah good point or something he's the, you know, the godfather etc mm-hmm. uh, one of my lingering or unanswerable questions 
what did you think of him just kind of annihilating his godson and being like i like oh, you so good i loved it the truth hurts <laughs> yeah i was just like oh my gosh did you do this to your godson yeah you're a puss okay you guys are all in on this movie it, had been, yeah. it had been building up i mean obviously like you know yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm surprised you yeah. of all people are nervous about that because i feel like you're that person for me you don't <laughs> hold back but I like that's why we're friends for so long is like there have been situations where you've been like hell yeah you need to stop if I, if I know the person well like I wouldn't yeah. do who's not like god son close I mean I feel like but, that's an expectation for you as a godmother if like you know yeah, if someone's asked you to be like I can see you doing that to your godson or goddaughter yeah 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 I just I was like wow I, I can't believe it just totally pushes him to have this basically whole other life um, if he were to go ahead and marry Lucy, which thankfully he does not do. Um, but yeah, I think I think we covered everything. I don't have my yeah. notes, which I guess ignorance is bliss, but I think we covered everything I wanted yeah. to yeah. We, we I mean, covered I don't know. Lot. I feel I again like Lisa, I loved having you on. Oh, it was, thanks, Talia. It was so fun. You guys really know how to, you know, create a narrative and uh, think of. <laughs> and so I actually kind of was movie. like, oh, because you know, Mary and I have been scratching our heads trying to be like, how like how can we try and improve things? And yes. I was like, and once kind of listening to you talk and go over things, I'm like, we needed a Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what we need. It's true. I mean, you have to, I think the best part about this is having different people come on and seeing the movies a different way that Talia or I do. And it's just definitely a conversation and it's sort of been happenstance. We haven't planned it, but I feel like the perfect person has come on for every movie we've done. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's been kind of awesome seeing how like everyone has, everyone we've, we've tried to make an effort of inviting people at different stages of their lives than we're at. Um, so. That's true. I mean, definitely. Like, you know, we had, and actually it's really interesting for me, maybe Mary, you, you may be too close to notice it, but you know, we had your dad on and it's really interesting to me in this setting to listen to um, Lisa talk, to you talk, because it's like, I see so much of your dad as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really, I don't know, it, it's kind of fun for me to also have yeah, like, these overlapping worlds come because then, but it's also you, you at the same time like it's not your dad and you provide this whole other layer to it and that's uniquely lisa but also i'm like oh i can i can see who your dad is we're going to a meta direction here um, but i do love that when you share with um with listeners or with friends that you love rom-coms there's always that for me at least there's always a friend who's like oh have you seen this one and like that's been like a great way to kind of broaden your range beyond the mid 90s um as it were so yeah we're open i mean listeners send in your suggestions because yeah what do you want to hear next yeah we're open we can do a valentine's day movie oh my gosh i mean listen like i said before time is a construct so we can still do christmas movies i'm i'm game for it i mean honestly the holidays is what gets me through the winter so i'm i'm keeping my christmas tree up until the daylight is longer (laughs) than gets it's it's dark after 6 (laughs) p.m because this is insane um but yeah all right so that's 
one of my most favorite movies and Lisa Lisa's would you say it's in your top oh your yeah movie? definitely top <laughs> I know yep. Mary was like ooh about this movie I was. didn't remember loving it but what do I you was. think now Mary I I say two thumbs up yeah, it was right. sleeping. Yeah. If you don't remember the movie or don't remember loving it, give it another shot. I think now is a really better than I need remember. uplift. And if you just need to escape into a fantasy or a fairy tale while you're sleeping, um, is a great one. So thank you. That's our show. Um, till next time, send us your recommendations. And um, yeah, our email is to all the romcoms I love before at gmail.com. And that's it. So, bye. I never know how to end these things, so we'll just stop recording. Okay. Now, let's see.